L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Hello and welcome back to the big lead on Fox Sports Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Ah, feeling great this morning, folks. Didn't sleep that much last night. I had my daughter's uh, birthday party, so uh, that was fun. And, of course, stressing over the Super Contest picks. You guys know uh, I started a gambling podcast over at FS1 called Coming Up Winners, and I have been doing fairly well uh, in the Super Contest. 5-0 last week, so uh, this is a pivotal week if I want to finish in the money. And what's great about it is we get NFL football on Saturday. Very, very excited about that. My problem is... Ladies and gentlemen, and we'll talk about a little NBA. There is a dab, a dollop, if you will, of college football. Um, Yeah, actually, let me quickly say, on Kyler Murray, you're going to want to stick around for that segment because the way social media is working now, I want to put less on there. So I've been reluctant to reveal what I do know about Kyler Murray's future, and I do have some information. I'm willing to offer it on this show. I don't want to put it on social media because – then, you know, people tag him and I get involved and maybe people will try to track down my sources. So I'm not doing that. You're only going to get it here on this show. But we're going to open with the NFL because there's something that happened yesterday to me, actually. Um, I went on Colin Cowherd's radio show and he said something to me that kind of stunned me. And then a producer here uh, hit me up and was like, that's a good open. You guys had a good back and forth about it. And I didn't even realize it at the time. But. You know, I watched that game Thursday night. Okay, Chiefs, Chargers. uh, Lost some money on the Chiefs. 
And I, I, I didn't hate my bet. I mean, they led 28-14 to 14 with five minutes left in the game, choked and lost at home. Are you kidding me, Chiefs? Right? And my first thought after the Chiefs blew it was, well, this is why you can't trust Andy Reid in the playoffs. Nope, not going to do it. Everybody looks at the Chiefs and says, Jason, this is an 11-3 and team. Come on, what, what, what's wrong with you? It's one game. Ah, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, I open by mentioning the gambling podcast. Listen, the Chiefs started the season 7-0 and against the spread, easily beating teams. Last five games, Kansas City Chiefs, 0-4-1 against the spread. The blowouts are not happening anymore, ladies and gentlemen. They're struggling. I know it's it's tough to understand, but as sports gambling becomes more prevalent in this country and more legal, you're going to have to start digging deeper. Right now, the Kansas City Chiefs are struggling. When you're 0-4-1 against the spread in the last five weeks and your defense is playing that badly, you're struggling. But the 11-3 and kind of masks it. So when I say to Colin Cowherd yesterday, yeah, I don't trust the Chiefs at all, I mean, he basically comes back, well, who do you trust? How can you not trust Andy Reid? He's a great coach. Colin, Andy Reid is a great regular season coach. He's outstanding in the regular season. Have you looked at what Andy Reid has done in the playoffs in Kansas City? We know in the regular season, he's now won 10 or more games in Kansas City five of his first six years. That's pretty great. You move from Philly after that kind of ugly ending, and instantly you're just winning and winning in KC. But what has happened in the playoffs? Well, Andy Reid's Chiefs have kind of flopped. The, that's been the fact. They are a good regular season team, and in the playoffs, you can't trust them. Let's quickly go through their, their, their playoff runs, okay? Because this is about trust, and I don't trust Andy Reid. I'm going to tell you in a minute who I do trust. And the, the list is very short. So... The reason I don't trust Andy Reid in the playoffs, right? So he gets to Kansas City. The first year he gets to the playoffs, does anybody remember the second round? They lead the Colts 38-10 on the road. I hope you remember this. Andrew Luck was down 38-10, led the comeback, and the Colts win. The Chiefs lose after being up 38-10. So there's a blown lead. Second year. How do you think that one went? They smoked the Texans 30 to nothing, and then they didn't cover and lose to the Patriots. Well, Jason, not the end of the world, losing to the Patriots. Come on. Okay. That game was remembered because they were down two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, and Andy Reid was treating the clock like it didn't matter. Like, oh, we've got all eternity. I mean, it was awful. Clock management has been a problem for Andy Reid in the playoffs in Kansas City. Then, the following year, they're favorites at home. Against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, of course, I remember that because I bet the Steelers. And the Chiefs lose at home as favorites, 18-16. to And then, of course, last year, at home, they lead the Titans 21-3. Midway through the third quarter, at home, boys and girls. And they lost 22-21. to Andy Reid, in the playoffs, in Kansas City, 1-4. His lone win against the immortal Brian Hoyer, who was a backup for the Houston Texans. I'm just saying it. Whether or not the Chiefs get home field in the playoffs, it doesn't matter to me. I don't trust them.
Andy Reid's history, an abysmal defense, and yes, folks, they miss Kareem Hunt. They could not get a first down to save their life in the fourth quarter. Couldn't move the football on the ground. Too many issues with this team. Everybody loves the Chiefs, the advanced analytics, the football outsiders. They're all in on the Chiefs. Hey, great season. I don't trust them in the playoffs. So when Cowherd asks me, well, Jason, who do you trust? Unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, you got to come back to Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Now, now I'm going to come back to them because there are two other teams I trust right now. The Patriots are littered with holes, and we will get to them. But right now, think about this. Whether you're in your home, in your car, listening to this, wherever, who do you trust in the NFL as the calendar is about to turn to January and the playoffs? And I'm going to give you, I'll give you the short list because it's not long. I trust the New Orleans Saints at home in the playoffs. They will deliver. If they get home field, I believe they will go to the Super Bowl. That's one team I trust at home. So all of them kind of have a, a tiny asterisk. The Saints at home, I trust. Next up, the Chicago Bears. I trust their defense. Yes, they've had issues in Miami, uh, in New York, again with a backup quarterback. Um, the Brock Osweiler game in Miami was weird. The Patriots' loss at home was weird. Outside of that, I trust this defense. Now, they did lose their slot corner uh, for the season to a broken leg. That's obviously not ideal, but he's not one of their top five defensive players. I trust the Bears' defense home or, a road, home or away in the playoffs. I'll tell you that. So that's two that I trust. And uh, I know you're waiting for me to say the Rams, but I, I hate to report this because my buddy is a season ticket holder. He's taking me to games. He might be listening right now. I don't totally trust the Rams. Now, uh, Gavin, I know, you, I know you're a Chargers guy. We'll get to them shortly. I hope people don't kill me for saying I don't trust the Rams, and I'll be quick. Sean McVay is a genius, but can I see him win a playoff game before I put my trust behind him? I think the Cooper Cup injury is significant. The offense has certainly lagged since he's been out, and that defense you can move the football on. And Jared Goff, like I, I joked last week that he was Jared off. Uh, listen, did you look at what he did last year in the playoffs? I have some issues with Jared Goff and the Rams. I mean, he became check down Charlie against the Falcons. Completed 53% of his passes, and they couldn't move the football. So I don't totally trust the Rams right now. But the only other team I trust in the NFC is not really a team. It's a player, Russell Wilson. I'm telling you, folks, this guy has been so good. He's exceeded all expectations. I know if the Seahawks are in a playoff game, home or away, Russell Wilson will deliver. Well, Jason, where are the Cowboys? <laughs> I mean, really, guys? You, you trust Jason Garrett? Goodness gracious. Somebody, I don't know who it is, nicknamed him the Clapper because that's all he does. On the sideline, just that's all he does. He's like trying to motivate the team. Now, I don't want to bash Jason Garrett because I know some people who hung out with him in the offseason. Super nice guy, down to earth, no ego. So I'm sure Jason Garrett is a nice, great human being. As a football coach, I don't trust him. And uh, P.S., Dak Prescott? He leads the NFL in fumbles right now. 12. Now, due to fumble luck, they've only lost six of them, which isn't bad. Meanwhile, Kirk Cousins, I like Kirk Cousins a lot. You hear me defend him. He's fumbled nine times, but he's lost seven. Most in the league, fumble luck matters. So my trust list in the NFC, Saints 
home, Bears defense anywhere, and Russell Wilson. So I want to go back to the AFC because I said I don't trust the Chiefs. I I, I can't say that I trust the Chargers yet, though. Uh, maybe one of our guests today, Daniel Jeremiah, he calls games for the Chargers. He is going to be coming on the show. Maybe he'll sell me. Or producer Gavin maybe could sell me on trusting a Chargers team, which has some impressive road victories this season. Uh, I, I still can't get over losing Keenan Allen, no Melvin Gordon, and you win in Kansas City. Hell of a performance. I don't totally trust Andy Anthony Lynn yet. I'm sorry. I, I don't. We'll get into that a little bit later in the show. And, um, you know, you look around the rest of the AFC, it's like, who is there? The Pittsburgh Steelers? I mean, they might miss the playoffs, folks. We called their loss to Oakland last week on this show. They're a dumpster fire. Totally one-dimensional. Can't trust them. I mean, Mike Tomlin? Be careful, folks. So it comes back to, in the AFC, trusting one team. And that's the flawed New England Patriots. And I'm going to play a little fun game right here. Because if they have to go on the playoffs, on the road in the playoffs, remember... This is what they've done away from Foxborough. Lost to Jacksonville by 11. Lost to Detroit by 16. Those teams are not going to the playoffs. But Jason, that was early September. Who cares? Okay, fair enough. They lost to Tennessee in November by 24. But Jason, Gronk didn't play. Fine. They lost to the Dolphins. Jason, that was a freak play. By the way, I love this game where I kind of argue with myself. It's so fun. Uh, that's fine. You want to argue that they lost to the Dolphins on a freak play? I don't. That's fine. You do realize the Miami Dolphins had 400 yards of offense and averaged 9.2 yards per play in that game. They're throwing a Bryce Butler Cowboys cast off. They're running the ball with Brandon Bolden. I think I said his name right. Like, how do they amass 9.2 yards per play? I don't know. But why the Patriots struggling on the road is huge. Folks, they've never gotten to the Super Bowl unless they've had the number one or number two seed in the playoffs. So maybe the Cosmos are conspiring to get the Patriots back to the playoffs. Chiefs lose. Chargers don't have home field advantage anywhere. Steelers, again, flaming dumpster fire. I don't know if I can trust the Texans. We'll see them later today against the Jets. So uh, newsflash, the Patriots are on track to get the number two seed in the playoffs. So, folks, I will wrap up with this. When we talk about trust in the playoffs, the list is short. And unfortunately, three weeks before the beginning of the playoffs, my list of trust is Russell Wilson, the Bears defense, the New England Patriots, and the New Orleans Saints at home. It's not a long list, folks. I think... The parody is so good in the NFL right now. We love parody that it's creating a shucks. You got to watch every game. You can't miss it. I'm so excited for this weekend in the NFL. College football slate's pretty gnarly. I mean, six games. I don't think I can name one player on any of the teams uh, because the Arizona State wide receiver who's going to be a pro, he's skipping the game. So uh, don't worry. We get Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield back-to-back today. And, folks, if you're really frisky out here in L.A., the next topic on this show, you're going to love it because 
Later today, the Lakers start a back-to-back on the East Coast. And folks, we learned something about them in the loss to the Rockets that has me concerned. I'll tell you what that is next. Yeah. Love it. Now, let me try to guess who's singing this, Sam. Is this our, it's not Ariana Grande. No. Just give me the, like, is she super young or is this song a little old? I know the song. Uh, I don't know who's re-sing. Who's her it. initials are TS. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you could have just said uh, you once had a dream about her being your neighbor and you guys became friends. Didn't I, I tell that story that. on air? You had that dream? I did a while back, yeah. I'm just a fan of Taylor Swift, you know? She's Immensely very talented. Cute. Which version of Taylor Swift? Because there's, there's the country version. There's more of the pop version I think she's in right now. Is there a certain... Uh, you know, I'll, I'll you take know, both. all of it. <laughs> okay, I'll, all of every it. era. Whatever genre Taylor Swift is. I mean, she's just talented and seems... Oh, yeah. Uh, I read this profile of her a while back in The New Yorker, and, like, she's not going to be one of those child... Um, stars who becomes, you know, an unreasonable 30-year-old and is, like, drunk and on drugs. It's not going to become... That's not... Her parents did a good job of keeping her grounded. And, uh, I, okay, I've said enough about Taylor Swift for a sports radio show <laughs> on Saturday morning. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports <laughs> Radio. <laughs> Brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you'd treat you. Um, so we're going to do a lot, a lot of NFL today. I, I tried to make a case for college football, but there's just the bowl games are just nothing. Uh, it's just I can't get into them. Um, again, two really good NFL games tonight. And, yeah, I'm going to put the Jets Texans in there because Sam Darnold on an island game. I think we've had him in twice. We had him against the Browns. Eh, not very good on the road. Uh, against the Lions, pick six on the first play and then rebounded strong. And then he missed a bunch of games. So this is like a, a new taste of Sam Darnold. And then we get Baker in altitude. And I love the Browns. Super contest picks, as usual, coming up in 90 minutes. Um, but I wanted to quickly pivot to the Lakers for a moment. And it's funny. So this show is on in L.A., the first hour at least every Saturday. So I try to get a Lakers topic in. And, and um, I usually get tweets, why are you talking about the Lakers in November, in December? And, you know, folks, I, I can't stress this enough. This ain't the East where LeBron could coast and coast and then dismember the, Ro- the, uh, the Raptors and, and the Pacers and all these guys. No. This is the West. They play big boy ball out here. A lot of stars. Much stiffer competition. And, uh, you know, don't look now. Lakers are still firmly in the mix in the West. But the reason I'm talking about the Lakers and tweeting about the Lakers and Instagramming about the Lakers is because you don't want to fall in that 5-8 to eight range. I, I will always say that you Lakers are not scared of anybody out West, except for the Warriors. They're not. But you don't want to be the fifth seed, have to go to like a, I don't know, Denver or Portland. And then you've got the Warriors looking in round two. Let's remember, folks, as much as I like Brandon Ingram and Kuzma and Lonzo and Josh Hart, they got zero playoff experience. There's no time. If LeBron has a first-round flameout, that's bad. 
And so this weekend, the Lakers have a tough back-to-back on the East Coast. I believe it is, uh, I'll look it up in a sec, but I know they have the Charlotte Hornets today. And uh, Kemba Walker is playing like an all-NBA guy. The Lakers lost to the Rockets, and they didn't have Brandon Ingram. It's pretty clear they don't have an elite defender. Now, Ingram, I don't know if he's elite, but he certainly is better than Kyle Kuzma. Uh, Gavin, I got a stat here that's going to freak you out. So there are 451 players ranked in the NBA in defensive real plus minus. 451. Kyle Kuzma ranks 367th, and it gets worse. So he's listed as a power forward because he's kind of, I guess, the four and LeBron's a three. Maybe that's a little cheap, but there's 93 power forwards in the NBA, according to defensive real plus minus. Kyle Kuzma's 88th. He's not playing defense, people. None. He can't guard anybody. And I'm a huge Kyle Kuzma fan. Uh, offensively, he's great. He can, he's reliable from three. I have him on my fantasy team. I like Kuzma. I follow him on IG. He seems like a good dude. He doesn't play defense. He's 88th out of 93 players defensively. Now, Julius Randle checks in at 91st, former Laker. Marvin Bagley, the rookie, is dead last among power forwards. Jabari Parker, who's been a nightmare in Chicago. Total disaster. Uh, he's 92nd. That's not good company. Well, Jabari Parker, I think he actually said he doesn't want to he play. Does, yes, he, he came out and no, he's not faking the funk. And by the way, they do the Lakers do play the Wizards on Sunday. Mm. So. Wizards are total trash right now, but you know, they'll, they'll put up a fight. LeBron's coming to town. So thank you for that. Um, so back to why it matters for the Lakers to win these games. LeBron's turning 34 in here in two weeks, okay? He doesn't have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. A little different when you're leaning on Kyle Kuzma and, and Brandon Ingram. So there's a chance if they get the fifth seed, yikes. Now, again, I'm not afraid of anybody above them except the Warriors, but you want to go as far as you can in the playoffs. Hell, for the NBA, it is crucial that the Lakers get to the Western Conference Finals. I'm telling you now, if the Conference Finals are raptors Bucks and Warriors-Nuggets, holy cow, that is not ideal. For the NBA. So, folks, I'm just going to put this out there. If they go 2-0 against the Hornets and Wizards, I will be super impressed. They go 1-1, and okay, that's what I expected. But I'm going to tell you, if they go 0-2 and uh, off the loss to the Rockets, this will be three straight losses. The schedule gets very tough in January. Uh, Gavin, I don't want to concern you. I know uh, Nick is probably driving in here. Folks, if, if you don't want to be scared, don't look at the Lakers' January schedule. 10 of their 16 games are on national TV. That the, the NBA knows, hey, NFL regular season's over. Let's get LeBron on TV as much as we can. Seven of those 16 games are against teams 500 or better. That does not include Jazz, Rockets, and Pistons. Pistons are 500 and playing well. So it's a challenging month. A lot of road games. A lot of national TV games. I'm just going to put this out there before we get to our guest who uh, covers the Steelers. Folks, you are going to hear Brandon Ingram trade rumors if things don't go well when he returns from injury. That's going to happen. Now, I don't know if they'll pull the trigger, but it's pretty clear LeBron likes playing with guys who could bang threes. Kuzma, Hart. Brandon Ingram does not shoot threes. Maybe he's better suited as a sixth man. 
and we will talk to Lakers reporter Mike Trudell in the next hour. He covers the team everywhere. And we had a good back and forth last time because he's a big Ingram guy. I'm telling you, coming off this injury, Ingram may be relegated to the second unit, but that's not bad because he's going to have to play at the end of games because they got nobody who can lock down anybody. I'm telling you, Gavin, DeMar DeRozan torched the Lakers multiple times this season. Lit them up. They could not guard him. And we just saw Harden drop a 50 on him. Kemba Walker today is going to be a problem. Bradley Beal, and you know Bradley Beal, Gavin. You know he's like, <laughs> oh, LeBron, you want me? All right, here's a 45 spot. I'm, it's a tough weekend for the Lakers, and it's going to be easy to ignore them with the great NFL. But just keep one eye on the NBA. Lakers, and Lakers fans, don't get angry at me on social media for this. I'm just speaking factually. Watch the Brandon Ingram situation. It's very important. All right, coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. A reporter who covers the Steelers. I'm going to, I'm going to, I, this is a relevant question. Is Mike Tomlin's job in jeopardy? You just lost to the Raiders. Three straight losses in a row. Now the Patriots come to town? The Patriots come to town. The Patriots have owned Pittsburgh. The Brady numbers against Pittsburgh are staggering. Mike Tomlin could lose this game. I, I don't know that he comes back. We will find out all that next, but first... Let's go to Isaac Lowenkron for the latest in sports. Good morning, Jason. Perhaps Carl Anthony Towns of the Minnesota Timberwolves said it best when he tweeted, quote, You can't make this up. Hashtag Brooks Chronicles. Unquote. Adrian Wojnarowski reported that a three-team deal between the Wizards, Suns, and Grizzlies that would have sent Trevor Ariza to Washington was called off because the Suns believed they were getting Dylan Brooks when the Grizzlies were actually going to send them Marshawn Brooks. Wojnowski reports the Wizards and Suns are now trying to work out a deal by themselves. On the court Friday night, the Sacramento Kings trolled Steph Curry by playing video of the moon landing during his starting lineup intro, but Curry would have the last laugh, scoring 35 points in a five-point Golden State victory. Blazers defeated the Raptors 128-122 to despite 28 points by Kawhi Leonard. Toronto is now 23-8. The Celtics beat the Hawks by 21 for their eighth consecutive victory. Boston has the longest winning streak in the league. And finally, Emmanuel Moutier scored a career-high 34 points as the New York Knicks rallied from a 21-point deficit on the road to defeat the Charlotte Hornets in overtime. Jason, back to you. Thank you, Isaac. Welcome back to the big lead on Fox Sports Radio. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. All right, our next guest she lives in Pittsburgh. She's covered the Steelers for a while. And uh, it's a tough time right now for Mike Tomlin. His team is injured. Very one-dimensional. Mike Tomlin, that feels like he lives on the hot seat. Joining us now, my longtime friend, she's at the NFL Network, Aditi Kinkawabala. Aditi, good morning. How are you in Pittsburgh? I mean, you got the game of the week. It feels like every week with the Steelers <laughs> against the Patriots. It's either the game of the week or it's the drama of the week, one of the two, right? I mean, certainly. I mean, 
I'm here actually at Heinz Field. We have a Saturday morning show, so it's raining, it's wet, it's cold, the tarp is out, and yes, you're right about the Steelers being one-dimensional, but I will say this, it doesn't sound like Mike Tomlin has any kind of problem with that. (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't know what to make of Tomlin, Aditi. I mean, come on, like... You and me both. I mean, you and half the world. How does he? Uh, for, let's go back to the Chargers game, twenty-three to seven. How on earth do you blow that? How did that happen? Uh, how do you go down to Jacksonville on a six-game win streak to face mm. a team that absolutely annihilated you twice the year before and just not show up until the final seventeen minutes? Oof. I mean, we could go through this a million times. I mean, how, how do you, in the opening game of the season, go to Cleveland and tie? Uh, how do you, you know, like, this is just, we could do, how do you go out to Oakland and lay an egg? Uh, how do you do that? And how do you have the arrogance to think that you don't need your starting quarterback? Yeah, uh, Tomlin's missed playing this badly. Let me just ask you, though. The game that everybody loves to play is, well, you got to fire Tomlin. Okay, I, that's fine. But then the question is, like, are you really going to get a better coach? Like, I don't want to ask, well, is there a secession plan? But there's nobody in the building who's getting the job, okay, right? Okay, so let's just go back. No one is going to fire Mike Tomlin. If Mike Tomlin is done, then Mike Tomlin will make the decision mm. to move on and get a job in TV and do something else because he's decided that he's done everything he can here or he's exhausted by the drama, by the diva wide receiver, by the quarterback who is calling out a teammate or not every other week on the radio, it, it will be Mike Tomlin's decision. Art Rooney is probably more change-averse than even Mike Brown. I mean, he doesn't. That this is not the way the Steelers operate. There's a reason the Steelers have only had three head coaches in 50 years. So yeah, I, I will say, I, that's a good point, Aditi. Continuity matters, right? But at some point, has he lost the locker room? I mean, I think tomorrow will be a really big test of that. We've certainly seen this week the defense respond in practice. And one of the players said to me, it felt like camp all over again. And you see if they have a chip. This is what this is what's maddening about the Steelers though, right? Is that they can put together an unbelievable string and look absolutely dominant and then suddenly they're just completely disinterested. Yeah. I mean remember what the Steelers did on Thursday night against the Carolina Panthers? At the time, the Panthers seemed to be unbelievably hot as well. I mean, now we're wondering if the Panthers are a bit of a fraud and if that's the franchise <laughs> is going to get totally blown up as well. But that Thursday night game, when the Steelers are scoring 50 points, you're just thinking, oh my goodness, like, this team is legit headed for the Super Bowl. And what have we seen since then? I mean, they barely snuck by the Jaguars thanks, thanks to a end zone flag on yes. a pick that Ben threw in the end zone. Then they go out to... Denver, they lose to Denver. Ben throws another pick in the end zone. Then they face the Chargers at home Sunday night, put up a huge lead, suddenly fall apart. And then they go out to Oakland, and their quarterback mysteriously is hurt, has a rib injury, and then decides, and Mike Tomlin, and decides to keep him on the sideline for the second half, thinking that, oh, well, his rookie, his second year quarterback, Josh Dobbs, who's never seen any real action, can secure the win. Hey, it's it's, it's all bad, Aditi, uh, for the Steelers. So let me ask you this. Patriots are coming to town. But they could win tomorrow. But they could win okay, tomorrow. Okay, and that was good. Where's the narrative? <laughs> but uh, here's my thing. Can they? Because they have shown yes. nothing against the uh, Patriots in the last couple of years. I know excuse they almost me, won. Excuse me. Excuse me. Last year? Uh, I mean, if that call had been, if, if we were playing under this year's rules, that's a touchdown. That game. Right. But they can't stop Gronk. We know that. 
Uh, Gronk, I mean, they're ranked 31st in the league, Aditi, defending tight ends. Like, you know well, Gronk's going to have a monster. We saw Jared Cook absolutely kill them last uh, exactly. year. Jared Cook there and the Raiders. Go. So, yes, they do have issues with that. And <laughs> Gronk, even, even Gronk that's not the Gronk that we know, definitely is a massive challenge tomorrow. I would argue that James White is a massive challenge tomorrow. Oh, the Steelers God. haven't been particularly good. Well, especially when it's running backs catching those screens. The Steelers have not been good against those backs, and you know how good James White's hands are. But remember, Gronk went off for 168 yards last year, yeah. and the Steelers still essentially almost kind of won yeah. that game. So, I guess I count that as a bad loss, Aditi, because I was, uh, you know, with the whole gambling stuff, I had the Steelers, and uh, I was heavy on them, and I, I they had that game, and I'm so angry. But listen, even after Jesus, the Jesse you're James... You're making it personal. <laughs> this is like Jason. Okay, it's even personal. after the Jesse James uh, 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 no-catch... They still had a chance there, and Ben, like, forced it into the end zone. Yep. You know, let yep. me ask you. Which, okay. by the way, we saw in Denver. This yes! Year, right? Which, yeah. yeah. And we saw that, like Which you said, in Jacksonville. in Jacksonville. Yes, except that they got the flag. They were lucky there. And this is what the problem is. So let's go back to this. You cannot win in the NFL without some sort of ability to run the football. You have to be able to run it effectively when you want to run it. And I'm not saying that we're in a league where you need 50-50 balance anymore, but you have to have ball control. You have to be able to control the clock. You have to be able to give your defense a little bit of a breather here and there. You have to be able to run the football. Like I said, it's raining. It's raining all day today. It'll be raining half of the day tomorrow. You have to run the football. The last four weeks, the Steelers have run the ball 24% of the time. You don't win that way. So, Aditi, and what's the latest James with Connor? Connor? Well, that know? was what I was going to say. What's it's not, the latest? Yeah, it's not looking good. I mean, he was a limited participant in practice yesterday, but you have to wonder, Jason, how much of this is just kind of to screw with the Patriots a little mm-hmm. bit. You yeah. know, keep the Patriots guessing. Is he still going to possibly play? So, it's not looking great. Um, I did ask the offensive coordinator on Thursday, would you play him without significant practice? And he said, yes, he's had enough snaps. It's not like he actually needs the reps. Um, but he also said that Jalen Samuels, the rookie, performed well in the little bit that they did use him. And then Ridley, Stephen Ridley, is a good runner, and he'll be running angry this week because, remember, yeah. the Patriots are his old team. That's the a- issue with the Steelers running the ball is, are you committed to running the ball or not? This line can absolutely run block. There's a reason that James Conner was the player of the month for October. There's a reason that he rattled off 400-yard games in a row, and that's because the Steelers were committed to running the ball. They haven't been. And so you we'll can see. run on the Patriots. That's the one uh, that oh, run defense. Oh, gosh. You know, so I talked to Devin McCourty. I talked to Patriots safety Devin McCourty this past week, and he said that's how the NFL works. Like, we're fully expecting them to run on us because we've been so vulnerable the last few weeks. And I was like, I wouldn't necessarily count on it. I mean, the Raiders have one of the worst run defenses. The Broncos have one of the worst run defenses. You shouldn't run on either of those teams. The Jaguars had a worse run defense than they did a pass defense, and still the Steelers came out passing. All right, Aditi, so, I'll get you out of here on this. Uh, let's say they lose to the Patriots. Then they have the Saints. Listen, there is a scenario where Pittsburgh misses the playoffs. I know it's a bit of a oh, long yeah. shot. And now you no, said it's Tomlin's a very in real shot. It's a real shot that okay, they could we, miss the playoffs. You said Tomlin's in good shape and Rooney's not going to fire him. If they miss the playoffs, is he definitely safe? Huh. I mean, what in life is definite other yeah. than death and taxes, <laughs> right? right? I mean, I uh, I, you know, but I, I, I think that a lot of the staff would get blown up for sure. But again, I really think this is a question of what does Mike Tomlin want? He might be willing, he might say, I'm done. I'm over it. I'm finished. Because look, the, 
there's a lot of good guys on this team, but there are also guys that require a lot of massaging. Ooh. And Mike Tomlin's done a lot. He could say enough already. And just move on. All right, Aditi, yeah. thank you so much. Aditi Kinkawabla, NFL Network. Aditi, have a great holiday, uh, you and your family. You too. All right. Thank you. Good Bye. stuff. Yeah, great stuff from Aditi on the Steelers. Folks, I, they, Tomlin walking away? I mean, he's still young. What is Tomlin, like a 45-year-old guy? Maybe even younger. But I'm telling you, this schedule is brutal. How do the Patriots always end up with the easiest friggin' schedule? And the Steelers and the Vikings and everybody else playing a first-place schedule. I mean, you imagine that. Your December schedule to get in the playoffs. Tom Brady and Drew Brees. Yeah, no big deal. Coming up next year on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I mean, something went down in the NBA last night that's just really embarrassing. And I'm not talking about Russell Westbrook trying to fight the entire Denver Nuggets team. We'll talk about that next. Come on. Get in the spirit, Sammy. You're not a fan of this stuff. I am an all-Christmas music guy. Sam, when I get home, I go to the Alexa that we have, and I'm like, Alexa, play the Charlie Brown Christmas soundtrack. Just have it on in the background. That's what I should have played, but I keep—I feel like I keep playing the same pop Christmas songs Listen, for you. Pop Christmas music is cool. It's, it is. It's not bad. It's okay. Do you think it's weird that I, uh, I like pop music? A lot of no. men will not admit no. that. They're afraid to admit You notice that I try to keep it yeah. popular, popular music with you. What is that new hat? Is that Cubs? No, it's a Colorado, just kind of their state flag, the logo. Interesting. Never yeah. seen it before. You should put that on social media. Maybe I will. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio, brought to you by Discover. Get your free credit scorecard today, even if you're not a Discover customer. It includes your FICO score. FICO credit score and checking your scorecard will not hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. You know, if you if you missed that interview we did with an NFL Network uh, reporter, Aditi, she covers the Steelers. You got to listen to it on the podcast later. I mean, she made it sound like the Steelers absolutely won't fire Mike Tomlin. And, and and you know what? I get it. She's 100% right. Rooney doesn't operate like that, the owner. But I'm telling you, if they get their teeth kicked in by the Patriots, which could happen, four losses in a row, then you got to go to New Orleans. I, I don't see why you'd bring him back. We know him and Big Ben don't get along. They already gutted the offensive coordinator Haley last year after that Jacksonville playoff debacle. There's nobody left to fire except Tomlin. All right, let's pivot quickly to the NBA. By now, you've probably seen it. Uh, Russell Westbrook getting into a dust-up with the entire Denver Nuggets team. Started with Jamal Murray. By the way, Lakers fans know Jamal Murray well because he he hates Lonzo Ball. Hates him with a passion and always talks trash to him like early in the game too because he know, hey, man, let me get in Lonzo's head. Let me go after Lonzo. I like Jamal Murray a lot. He was a stud at Kentucky. Uh, he's still a really good young player in the NBA. I think his ceiling is high. Um, and, and him and Westbrook got into a shoving match. It looked like it was on Westbrook, of course, because he's a, I won't say that word on the radio. And then jo- the Joker, Jokic, stepped up, and him and Westbrook started to have words. You know, Westbrook is is a bad loser, right? He's a very sore loser. He lost when Kevin Durant ditched him and left for Golden State, and he, like, was all passive aggressive on Instagram and 
I'm just I'm out on Westbrook, guys. I'm sorry. Just not a huge fan. So that was one big story last night. And then the other one, which is just such an NBA thing, right? Uh, this is just totally uh, sums up the NBA. All this excitement over a trade. Trevor Ariza was supposed to be getting dealt from the Suns, the worst team in the NBA, to anybody. And, of course, the Wizards jump in to steal him. And they were going to trade away Kelly Oubre to Memphis, and Memphis would have to give up some players. And, of course, because I guess this was done over text message instead of an actual phone call, they had the wrong Brooks in the deal. Memphis was willing to part with Marshawn Brooks, not Dylan Brooks. Marshawn Brooks, I think, was a scoring machine from Providence. Who's like 29. Dylan Brooks is a young, promising player from Oregon. And it's like, oh, we're not giving up Dylan Brooks. We'll give you Marshawn. Like, can you imagine what that feeling is like if you're Marshawn Brooks right now, Gavin? I mean, you wake up. Well, first of all, you saw it last night. And like, oh, they don't want me. They value Dylan Brooks. You know, maybe that he'll use that like Baker Mayfield does to drive him. And, and, and But, again, I think this uh, a deal's probably going to get done. I don't know what it will be, but the Wizards clearly have salary cap issues. They are built so badly. I mean, that max deal for Otto Porter is just blowing up in their face. We, I mean, listen, we could go through the NBA and all the nonsense happening there. Um, it, there's always something fun and juicy going on. Um, let me close out on this. We've got less than a minute to go. Up next, Super Contest Picks. You know you love that segment. Um, I did go 5-0 and last week. Let me just say two things that I heard this week. Uh, Gavin, I, don't, I haven't put this on social media. Number one, the Mavericks players don't like Dennis Smith. Their number one pick from last year. They prefer J.J. Barea. They're out on Dennis Smith. There is some wow. friction in the locker room. <laughs> He's very selfish. Uh, the next thing I heard this week that's interesting, and Kevin Durant finally started responding to me. Because did you notice, damn, and we should save this for later. In the span of like three weeks, Durant talked to Yahoo, talked to um, Shams, wherever he's at, talked to Bill Simmons on a podcast. All these interviews out of the blue. What do you think that's about? Huh? Something's going on. You know what? We'll bring this back later in the show. There's some reason there why he did it. Up next, Super Contest Picks. Get money! Hour number two here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Just breeze through that first hour. I'm sorry I don't have any college football bowl picks for you yet. Uh, because I went 5-0 and in the Super Contest last week, and I'm back in the mix, I spent all week focused on NFL Week 15. And it's weird because I love the card today. I just love it. I like today's games, and I like tomorrow's. Uh, I do not like Monday Night Football, but, um, I mean, I like the game because Drew Brees is playing, but there's no play there. So last week, uh, my guest here and I combined to go 9-1 and in the contest. We were just giving out winners left and right. And, and, you know, joining the show now is my man, T.A. And, T.A., listen, it's weird. You like to use this phrase sometimes. That sometimes you're uh, you're seeing the ball well, like a base, I guess like a batter seeing the, the pitch as it comes off the pitcher's hand. Is that the kind of zone you're in right now? Uh, hey, Jason. I kind of had an up-and-down uh, 
season. Uh, you know, every time I think I'm, uh, uh, you know, going, I go four and one or five and zero. Oh, I come back with like a two and three. Yeah. So I'm just trying to end the season off on a high note. Overall, sixty two percent. So I'm happy with that. But yeah, I mean, I think you're starting to get a better picture of uh, of these teams you uh, here at the end of the year, and uh, you know, uh, you'll notice with some of my picks, there's a, there's a pretty big uh, disparity between home and road splits with a lot of these teams. Ah. Kind of noteworthy. So yes. All right. So that that listen, that's a good sign because my fifth pick, I was shaky on. Uh, let's get started. Uh, you're the leader. You go first. Give me your first pick, your best bet in the Super Contest this week. My best bet is the Ravens, uh, minus oh, seven. Oh, damn it. At, they, were my fi- they were my fifth, and I, and I took a different team. Okay, good. that's a good call, though. Well, right. so, so here's, here, here's why I like the Ravens. Um, first of all, it's unbelievable that Lamar Jackson has essentially had a schedule of defenses uh, that he's faced since his, uh, you know became starter that are essentially – the worst run defenses in the NFL. I mean, between Atlanta and Oakland and Kansas City, now he gets to face Tampa, who's 30th in the NFL against the run. So, caters perfectly to what his, you know, his style of play is. And so, I think he'll continue to, to play well. He'll gash that that defense. And it's crazy, you know, just talking about the home road splits. Do you know that Tampa has played six road games? They have not allowed less than 34 points in any road game. <laughs> yeah, no, they're bad. And they are. Their opponents are averaging 40 points per game against Tampa uh, when Tampa goes on the road. I mean, that's, I'm, that's like Big 12 defense <laughs> right there. So I, I think, you know, there's no way that, that Tampa's going to slow down Lamar and this rush offense. And then defensively, you know, Tampa hasn't really played many top-notch defenses. The best defense they face is Chicago on the road back earlier in the mm. year, and they lost 48-10. Yes. And, you know, they, they couldn't move the ball. They got just completely demolished. I think the Ravens need this game here. This is just, like I said, the whole the whole home road split is, is a big deal. I don't think Tampa really is, is into this game anymore. I think that their season was was ended last week uh, when they blew that, that second-half lead against the Saints. So I love the Ravens to roll here. Yeah, the only reason I, I did not take them, and instead I'll tell you who I took in a moment, is because I, I felt like I got lucky with them last week because I took the Saints. And I remember you were like, why would you do that? You know, and, and I got lucky. You know, they were down four. The, the Bucks led the Saints 14-3 at halftime, and then the Saints fumbled on the second play of the third quarter. And I said, oh, my gosh, that's a loss. And then Tampa, you know, uh, totally failed. But I will say this about Baltimore. I was on them a couple weeks ago against Oakland, and Harbaugh just came out and did some dumb things. And, that game was in doubt until the fourth quarter, and Oakland's bad. So I ended up not taking the Ravens, and I went with the Vikings. Because, you know, if you look at the Vikings, they've struggled against elite teams. I mean, their losses, everybody's ripping the Vikings. They lost in Seattle to a very good Seattle team that's going to be the fifth seed. They lost to the Patriots on the road. They lost to the Rams on the road. They lost to the Saints. And uh, they lost to the Bears. Like, those are probably five of the best eight teams in the league. But when they'd step down in class and have to face, you know, bad teams, the Jets and so forth, the Vikings cover usually handily. So I went Vikings. I hate the hook there. And I think the Dolphins coming off a Super Bowl win uh, really soil themselves against a good defense. Any thoughts? Well, so I'm on the Vikings. As well. oh. You don't need the hook. It's seven. Oh, is it seven? Okay. Yeah, so, so don't worry about that. But, yeah, this is, again, common theme with what I just mentioned, home road splits. I mean, these are, this is a perfect example. Minnesota, if you look at net yards per play, Minnesota is um, number uh, two in the NFL in net yards per play at home. 
Uh, they're much different on the road. So, I mean, they play much better defense at home. Like you said, I think Kirk Cousins will be able to destroy this this Miami defense. The secondary is missing Xavier Howard, yeah. uh, their best corner. And, again, a home road split. So Miami's really good at home. I mean, they I think Tannehill's won 10 straight home games, which is unbelievable. Oof. But on the road, Miami is one of the worst teams if you look at uh, yards for play. They've been blown out multiple times. You look at that Houston game, Green Bay. Um, they went into New England and got destroyed. So, um, I think, and then after that, their their emotional win last week with that Hail Mary, you know, lateral play. I think, and and I think the offensive coordinator change for Minnesota is a plus. It's a positive. There's a lot of issues in that locker room with DeFilippo. So I think this is actually going to be a positive. And I think the the Vikings come out and and lay right. a big one on. So Miami. you got you got two big favorites in the Super Contest, TA. Who else you got? Uh, so I've got the nine. Yeah. All right. At home against Seattle, I, as you recall, I had them last week against Denver, a very similar spot, mm-hmm. and they, they, they blew out. They actually blew out Denver. I mean, they, they let them come back a little bit at the end, uh, but, but they completely outplayed them. George Kittle was a monster in that game. George Kittle, if you look at, his, look at him at home, his numbers are unbelievable. And, again, San Francisco just a much better team at home than they are on the road. And Seattle coming off a short week, that Monday night football, they couldn't move the ball. Look, they, they, they you know, ran the ball okay. They could not throw the ball at all without Doug Baldwin. I know he's questionable. It's probably a game-time decision. Um, and a couple of weeks ago, these two teams played. Nick Mullins threw for over 400 yards. Yeah. Some of that was a garbage time, but they were able to move the ball. They just had a couple of turnovers in the red zone, including a pick six. So I think this is um, you know, I think this is a really good number. Anything over three, I think, uh, is, is a good spot here for San Francisco. Yeah. And I think this could be a tight game. I have them as well. You know, one thing you didn't mention um, – if there is a sandwich spot this week, Seattle next week entertains Pat Mahomes. And I just wonder, I know this is a, you know, 49ers are a rivalry. That's fine. But the 49ers stink. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, remember last year, really had his guys up at the end of the season with Jimmy G. But, you know, if you're the Seattle Seahawks and you watch that game Thursday, everybody's saying Mahomes is the MVP. Chiefs are awesome. I think they're mentally, the Seahawks will be like, oh, we got these guys next week at home. It's going to be raucous. Oh, but first we have to go to San Francisco. You know, one of those deals where maybe slight overlook after having just beat them, you know, soundly at home. I agree. I agree. Uh, all right, so that we we have two of the same picks. Your final two, who you got? It's my final two. Uh, not as not, not as confident, but I took the Bills minus two and a half uh, at home against the Lions. This is actually the first time in the entire season I've taken Buffalo. <laughs> so. Um, you know, I decided to back them. They're playing really hard. Josh Allen is just is I mean, he's running the ball like like no one no one in the league uh, at the quarterback position. And to me this is just mainly a fade against Detroit. That they're they pretty much mailed it in. I know that they beat Arizona last week, but they couldn't move the ball at all. Yeah. They had a pick six to, to essentially score um, you know, one of their two touchdowns. Um I, I think going out into the elements in Buffalo, it's not going to be snowing or anything, but it's going to be chilly in the 30s. A dome team, Matt Stafford does not like to play in, in cold weather. Um, uh, you know, getting under three points, I think that home crowd's going to be in it for, for Buffalo. Uh, I just think that you know, I think they'll win this game. I don't think they move the ball. And you know, Buffalo's got the third best defense in the NFL if you look at DVOA defense. So you know, not, not I don't love this play. It's probably my fifth pick of the mm-hmm. of the five, but. Uh, but I think uh, I think Buffalo is going to at least try hard. I know they're going to they're going to really play um, as hard as possible. I think they're going to cover that two and a half. Yeah, I think they were maybe my seventh pick this week. But uh, to your Matt Stafford point, I got this stat from somewhere on the internet. 
Matt Stafford is 0-8 straight up, 1-7 against the spread after Week 10, playing outdoors, non-division opponents. Now, I know that's a lot of trend nonsense, but the point is cold weather, outdoors, late in the season against unfamiliar teams, Matt Stafford stinks. And and I don't know where you are, Matt Stafford, as a quarterback. I, I You know, he has the potential to be like captain comeback at home, but you're right, on the road. He, he's not very good. Uh, is, what's up with LaShawn McCoy? Is he playing? So both him and Chris Ivory are questionable. I figure I just need one of them to really play. I mean, yeah. I, I mean it's crazy. I think Josh Allen's their main, their yeah. main ball He had 100 here. yards, I think, against the Jets. Yeah. Uh, all right, I, so I did not take them. So your final pick is final in the pick. Super Contest. Dan, you, were just, you just had a guest on who was talking about it. I got the Steelers plus two and a half. What? Now that's a shocker, dude. You went again. You always tell me not to get in front of trains. I know the Patriots stink on the road. Yeah. Awful loss? Belichick? Yeah. You know what's funny is I kept hearing about this awful loss stat, right? That awful loss. Belichick is so-and-so. Okay. Well, guess what happened earlier this year when they got blown out at Jacksonville? They went to Detroit and yeah. got blown yeah. out again. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I mean, these things are – this is a different team. Like you said, on the road, New England has been awful this year. I mean, they're one of the worst teams in the NFL if you look at yards for play uh, on the road. Their defense can't stop anybody. And, I mean, we know that Pittsburgh needs this win. We know that Pittsburgh still moved the ball. I know that they're, they're not running the ball great, but they're going to throw the ball all over the field there. And just whatever reason, New England has really struggled on the road. And I took, in the similar spot last year, I took New England. I think they were minus two and a half. And they ended up winning because of that Jesse. Oh, game. gosh, I had the Steelers in that. <laughs> yeah. But, but I think the line was two and a half. So I think they actually covered. I think uh, New England ended up winning by what, one or two points. So, it, I mean, Pittsburgh outplayed them that entire game. And that was without Antonio Brown. Uh, oh, I that's think right. That, yeah, I forgot it. Brown missed that. Yeah, he got hurt. So I, I just think that this is a, I mean, this is a huge statement game for Pittsburgh. Like you said, this could be the difference between making the playoffs and not. Uh, everyone all week talking about what's wrong with Pittsburgh, what's wrong with Pittsburgh. I, you know, that's kind of the situation that I love is, is going on a team like that at home. We know their Big Ben is at home versus on the road. Um, I think the points might actually come into play here. Yeah, I could see you know Pittsburgh scoring late or New England scoring late and going for two, right? Pittsburgh. So what about that, the Pittsburgh kicker issues, TA? I mean, know, that he's guy better at home. Ugh. He's better at home than on the road. And you know, I, look at the end of the day, you're not you don't need a kicker to to cover uh, as a favorite. Um, I, I'm I'm much more nervous if I had Pittsburgh minus two and a half mm. and you know needed a field goal to cover. But if it's plus two and a half, you're really just trying to. You know, I don't. I don't know if the three points is really going to matter at the end of the day. Everybody misses an extra point, and they lose by two, or they lose by yeah. one. All right. So to recap your picks, you got Bills, Steelers, Ravens, Vikings, and Forty ers All right. Yep. Now I got to say this is interesting because shucks. Now I'm nervous about my other uh, two picks. I have your Browns. I know you're an Ohio guy. How are you not on the Browns here? So two two things. I do oh. like the Browns. I okay. just took them personally, but um, and I think they're going to be probably either the most popular, probably oh. behind, behind Tennessee, maybe behind Tennessee, the second most popular pick. And for me, you know, we're both right at right the edge of the money. I think I'm a half game out. I, I just wanted to make up games, and I just didn't want to, uh, one thing, deal with a three-point spread because that easily could be a push. And two, I just want to not be on the same side as a lot of the people I think will be ahead of me. So... Uh, I, that's the only reason why I avoided it. I like them in general. The only issue uh, on the field is 
You've got some uh, iffy left tackle, right tackle situation with the Browns going against that defensive front. And it's a night game mm. with the loud noise. Baker really has not had to deal with that yet this year. So it's a little bit new experience. I will say the Denver offense is horrible. I mean, they have no playmakers outside of Phillip Lindsay. So I think the Browns defense will keep them in the game. Um, so I, I don't mind the play. I just think for, for those reasons, I just decided to pass. Okay. My other two, dang, man, that, now I'm regretting them a little bit. I got the Colts favored by three, uh, and I got the Titans as uh, you know as my best bet. And the line has moved a lot. I got two and a half. They're now favored by one. Yeah, that's that, that was uh, that's because of OBJ, um, and I you know he's out. So I I had a feeling that that would move the line again. It, not that I don't like Tennessee. It's just I think that um, with the contest, a lot of people will be on them. You won't be able to pick up really any wins there, mm. but also they're a really bad road team. I mean, they they beat Dallas, but they've been blown out a lot on the road. They're just for whatever reason that they just don't bring their A game. But I will say the advantage you do have as a Titans backer is they have a big um, in the trenches advantage. They're good at putting pressure on the quarterback. We know that the Giants can't protect Eli, so from that perspective, you will you know I'd be happy to be on on Tennessee's side there, but and not play at all. I just think it's going to be the most popular play. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. So I pro- even if I hit those, I'll, I won't gain any ground because everybody's on them. All right, T.A., great stuff. Thank you very much. Good luck. I, I have a feeling you're probably going to go 5-0, and oh, and I'll take a 2-3 and three and be angry and out of it. But uh, have a great weekend, man. Oh, enough, enough of the reverse drinks already. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I, I want to quickly hit up on two NFL topics that are huge this week, but got kind of swept under the rug. And number one is the Carson Wentz injury. Are are you guys aware of how badly this guy's been injured for the last five years? And the second is my Vikings. I've got some inside information as I went to college with a guy that just got fired by the Vikings. We'll hit on both of those next. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Good stuff on the Super Contest. Very, very fun gambling season, that's for sure. Holy cow. Had some success, college and NFL. But listen, you never get too excited because it quickly can turn on you. I mean, as what happened Thursday night. I went against uh, Nick and Gavin's Chargers. Took the Chiefs. Cost myself a lot of money. Felt good about it when it was 28-14. With five minutes left in the fourth. Get a stop or get like three first downs with the MVP of the league. I mean, <laughs> you know. Former MVP of the league. Yes. <laughs> Nick, by the way, folks, Nick was sending me a flurry of text messages. He, <laughs> I, What do you have, a Philip Rivers MVP ticket? I mean, what's going on? Like, first of all, we're going to get to, you know what, we could do it right now. Uh, in, a, in a second, of course. This show's brought to you by Discover. Get your free credit scorecard today even if you're not a Discover customer. It includes your FICO credit score, and checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. Uh, let, let's quickly, we got two big Chargers fans here in the studio. I know uh, there aren't many of them nationwide. This show is on in, I believe, all 50 states. Chargers got lucky. Are you okay with me saying that, Nick? 28, oh. right, let me, 20, they were losing the entire game, 28-14, five minutes left. You got the MVP with the Chiefs at home, 
Just need to get a couple first downs, salt it away, or get a stop. Or not get 50 million penalties. Chargers got kind of lucky. But everybody gets lucky, right, guys? No? I, I don't think it was luck. I think the Chiefs got lucky on some of their touchdown drives with the f- phantom face mask penalties. And, okay. I don't know. Wow. Nick, you want to try? Listen, this is it, guys. Come on. Go nuts. Get excited. Listen, if the Jets had done this, I would be, I'd be, I'd be excited. Rivers had to be surgical in that fourth quarter. Did you see that pass to Travis Benjamin on that fourth down play? That was one of the throws of the year, Jason. Jason, not don't get, don't say. great fourth say, down throw. Throw of the year? One of, one of them. I'm not saying the throw, but it's one of them. Come on. And he had to, by the way. So in primetime games now, back-to-back weeks at Pittsburgh, they say he couldn't, Philip Rivers can't win the big games, came back. By the way, what was that stat, like, where Pittsburgh down 14 points at the or up 14 points at the half, rather, like, haven't, like, lost at home ever? I think I, I, I might have jotted that down. Yeah, it was, it was something like 222 times and uh, had never happened. Yeah. How about this take? Best regular season win of Philip Rivers' career. Woo! Easily. I mean, if you factor in the stakes on the road, primetime in Kansas City. And you never had like a week 17 win and in situation? There's been win and in situations. I remember the Broncos. But that game had so much to it, and everyone has been on Mahomes all season. And the way they came back at the end. A great win. Oh yeah, no doubt. I I don't know if I could go best win because I don't you know his career. Which uh, listen, long he's career. had a Hall of Fame career. Jason, after what's the worst loss he's had this year? Yeah, he he laid an egg against Denver. The Denver game was bad. Okay, and and by the way, Breeze and Mahomes have had bad games too. In all the games against good playoff teams, Mahomes has been bad. And Rivers, since they started one and two of the season. By the way, they started the season losing to the the Chiefs and the Rams. Right. Right. Okay. I was at that Rams game. Right. So, uh, who's he lost? So, yeah, he had a, one bad game against the Broncos. Breeze has had a bad game. Mahomes uh, has had several bad who games. Who do they finish with? Who do the Chargers? They have the and- Ravens at home, and okay. then they go to Denver. I'm coming on record eight days in advance. I'm betting on the Ravens in L.A. next week. <laughs> I'm going to probably right. be getting at – how many points do you think the Ravens will be? You don't even with? know who's going to be starting at quarterback. That's let's fine. be honest. Uh, well, yeah, if Lamar Jackson gets hurt, I don't know if I'm back in Flacco in that spot. But go back to what you originally said. I, let me just, I feel like we went off on a tangent. We did. Uh, I let me just quickly add: Chargers just shredded the worst defense in the league. Okay, Ravens are top five defense, so it won't be as easy next week. All right, two quick things. So Carson Wentz has now been injured five years in a row. Five broken wrist in college, which you know maybe you say it's just a broken wrist. He came back. According to one of the Philly papers, he had a back injury in college. Then he comes to the league. He gets fractured ribs in the preseason. Has to miss a couple preseason games. Played in the regular season. Then the ACL-LCL last year that ended his MVP season. Now, another back injury. At what point do we start mentioning the B word, brittle, with Carson Wentz. I mean, I, I, I'm i not going there. But I'm saying, if you're injured every year, something's up. I don't know what is up, but something is up. Is that fair to say? I know the Philly meatballs listening out there are all angry at me. They hated when I said this on social media. But these are facts, people. Phillip Rivers has been, now been hurt. Four straight years, and we're still... Carson Wentz, I'm sorry, I said Phillip Rivers. Carson Wentz 
has now been hurt four straight years, and we're now hearing about a back injury in college making it five. These are facts. I'm not going after Wentz. I'm not saying he's brittle. But how close are we to starting to talk about that? Getting hurt every year. I don't know how you quantify it, but it certainly means something, doesn't it, Nick? How many years? I mean, Phillip Rivers, he never gets hurt. I think he just jinxed it, but yeah. yeah he, he's played like 200 straight games or something like that. There's something to guys who never get hurt. Either you know how to slide, you know how to, av- your awareness means you're avoiding hits. Everybody eventually gets hurt. Joe Montana, I don't think, ever got hurt. And then late in his career, and San Fran took that one hit from Leonard Marshall, and it was sayonara. Tom Brady, one injury, right, in his career, that one. That's it. I don't know what to make of Wentz. I loved Wentz. I said he was the MVP last year. I don't know what to make of him with these injuries. Vikings, a quick word before we talk to a Lakers beat reporter. Um, so the Vikings kind of did DiFilippo dirty. So just as a total disclosure, we went to college together. I covered him when he was a quarterback in college. I've known him for a while. This situation in the Vikings locker room gives me some pause. Um, Zimmer won last year with a check down Charlie quarterback, a Mark Sanchez type in Case Keenum. And they knew they couldn't make the next step unless they had a quarterback. So then they get the quarterback and Zimmer still wants to ride the defense, but the defense was bad early this season. And the offensive line has been atrocious. And now Cousins is getting blamed. And it's like, well, we can't blame the $90 million quarterback. Let's blame the coordinator. And we had an island game against Seattle. A game that was 6 nothing with like six minutes left. Vikings were right in that game. All they have to do is make a field goal. And then it gets blocked in a really, really bad no call by the refs. You can't put your hands on the backs of players and jump out. I mean... I'm just so disappointed in what went down in Minnesota. I like that team a lot. I think they can still do uh, make make a move, but they've got some locker room issues to sort out. All right, coming up next here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. We're bringing in Mike Trudell, the Lakers beat reporter. Big road trip for L.A. this weekend. But first, let's go to Isaac Lowenkron with the latest in sports. Jason, we begin at the NFL, where the Philadelphia Eagles this morning officially ruled Carson Wentz out for Sunday's game against the Rams. NBA, Adrian Wojnarowski reported that the Wizards and Suns are now trying to work out a deal by themselves to send Trevor Ariza to Washington after a three-team deal that also involved the Grizzlies was called off because the Suns believed that they were getting Dylan Brooks when the Grizzlies were actually going to send them Marshawn Brooks. Wojnarowski reports... The Wizards and Suns still trying to work out that deal. But the fiasco in the meantime, best summed up by a player, part of the original deal. Washington's Austin Rivers, who told The Athletic, quote, Honestly, man, I have no bleeping clue. I don't even know where I'm going, unquote. And just to clarify, the bleeping was my word, not Austin's. Hey, great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, but in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Finally, in college basketball, a special shout-out to East Tennessee State, which will be playing at Illinois two and a half hours from now. Yesterday, they flew from Tennessee to Atlanta, only to have their connecting flight to Champaign canceled. They spent six hours in the Atlanta airport before flying to Chicago, 
only to be stranded there for three more hours because their bus broke down 10 miles from Midway Airport. They finally arrived in Champaign at 3.30 local time this morning, some nine and a half hours before tip-off, and there's only one remaining problem. The airline lost their luggage, so as of right now, they still have not been reunited with their uniforms and shoes. On that note, Jason, back to you. <laughs> Can I bet on that game, Isaac? Jeez, I got to find... <laughs> I got to find a line on that game. Oh, my goodness. Seems very obvious. Thank you, Isaac. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. All right, our next guest was so good a couple weeks ago. Such a good back and forth. I heard from several people around the league about it that we had to bring him back. Mike Trudell covers the Lakers at Lakers Reporter on Twitter. Mike, good morning. How are you? Hey, man. Nice to talk to you again. What's happening? Yeah, thanks for coming back on the show. You know, uh, a lot has happened since we last spoke because uh, you, uh, you know, you've been you've been spot on about a lot of stuff. Obviously, you're close to the team. But now the Lakers are in a weird, weird area. They have a road trip and against, you know, what I would consider inferior teams. But they're facing a Kemba Walker tonight. And after watching what DeRozan did to the Lakers, after watching what James Harden did, the, you were right about Ingram. He is their best defender. And, Mike, another props to you. I looked up defensive real plus minus. Kyle Kuzma is 88th out of 93 power forwards. And again, defensive stats, whatever, but how much are they missing Brandon Ingram, the Lakers, defensively right now? Well, they do miss Ingram, but I will say that Kuzma has gotten better, uh, certainly. And, you know, the, the real plus-minus stats, uh, I've, I've looked at those two. I think, I think they've gotten a little bit better for him, uh, but he is doing better, whether it's switching out the guards or whether it's, uh, it, you know, the, the thing in the post, I think, that affected his real plus minus because early in the season when they were playing Kuz at the five, you know, they were also playing at the super fast pace, uh, even faster than they're playing now, and they were just hemorrhaging points. So I think it's going to take some time for that, for those plus minus stats to come down for certain players that were playing in those lineups like Kuz. Uh, but the defense, if you look at the defense overall in the last, uh, really, the, like take out the first nine games of the season, and they were, they've actually been fourth in the whole NBA. And so they're plus, they're, they're already in the top 10 now overall in defensive rating. And, you know, Kuzma has, has even actually helped that. Um, so that's, that's something that's been somewhat of a big difference maker. And that's why you see the Lakers sitting at 17 and 11, you know, with just two games back of first, despite really still figuring out how to play together, despite not having Rondo and Ingram. And so the defensive improvement has come from everybody, and that actually includes Kuzma, despite what some of those early season stats say. Talking about Mike Trudell covers the Lakers. Mike, let me ask you this. What is the latest with Ingram? When is he due back? And do you see him in more of a sixth-man role when he returns and then obviously playing at the end of games because of his defense? No, I don't think, I don't think so. I think he's still going to start. I think that he does enough things well. Uh, and I also think you want to give it some more time to see that how he continues to adjust to playing with LeBron James. He was really starting to turn a corner, I felt like, uh, right before he got hurt in terms of knowing, okay, when am I going to get my shots uh, with the starting group? 
And then they would make the switch. Josh Hart would come in a little bit early so that they could stagger him some, get him some additional minutes with the ball, with the basketball, with the second unit. And that certainly worked well. But I just have felt like the essentially 19-game sample size that we had seen with him playing with LeBron was just not nearly enough uh, to, to really evaluate how that could work moving forward. And he's way too talented of a player, you know, to worry about the two-man plus-minus that, you know, between what, what he did with LeBron and what he did when LeBron was there. Because we saw that, look, it, I'm, not, I'm not comparing the, the overall talent or anything, but just Dwayne Wade, you know, took a full season to figure out how to play next to LeBron. Mm. Kyrie Irving took some time to figure out, and, you know, and I don't know to what degree Kevin Love eventually had to figure that out, too. So it, 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 it's just natural. It's the same thing of playing with Russell Westbrook or James Harden. Anybody that's that good with the basketball, if you're the second guy or even the third guy, there, there's a true and real adjustment to that, especially given the skill set of Ingram. So I, I expect that you, you give that much more time once he returns. And as for when he's going to return, uh, Jason, we should know more later today that the Lakers are actually going to have a call with some doctors back in L.A. about both Ingram and Rondo today to get an, uh, to get an update. But I wouldn't expect him to be out that much longer. Uh, it was a pretty classic, you know, kind of sprained ankle, and it, you know, sounded like there weren't any complications or anything. But they're, you know, they're going to evaluate that once they talk to the docs uh, today. Talking with Mike Trudell, Lakers beat reporter, uh, here on the Big Lead Fox Sports Radio. All right, so Mike, let me ask you uh, this about LeBron James. So Kevin Durant made some—I don't want to call them strange comments, but the timing was certainly interesting about playing with LeBron. And uh, we don't need to rehash the quotes now, but I'm curious as to your thoughts. Do you, A, buy into it, uh, and, and B, do you think this is simply misdirection from Kevin Durant and he still is in play for the Lakers after this season? Well, I, so I heard those comments like everybody else, and I, my reaction was actually a little bit more amusement um, to it, and, and I didn't take it that literally. Um, I, I just, I, I cannot personally believe that there aren't a lot of guys uh, that that just think, oh, you know what, man, playing next to LeBron on a really good team for max money in the city of LA with the way that arena bumps and you know living close <laughs> to the beach and all. I just, I don't think that that's such a bad job opportunity. <laughs> I think that I think that one of these guys is going to be happy to take it. And when you when you hear about the narrative about you know what the, what it's like playing with a guy and. You know, you might take away your touches, and I don't know, man. I, you could say that about any of these superstar players, and guess what? If you want to win in the NBA, you, you have to play yeah. with somebody like that. You just have to. And I don't care, I don't care if, again, if we could go down the list of who those top couple influential players are, but if you want your own team, uh, you know that that whole quote, kind of own team, own shots, then, and you want to go to a – uh, a certain market where you're guaranteed to get that much, uh, I guess, usage rate, then then fine, but you're not going to win. So that's the trade-off, right, for, for any of these players that, uh, that are going to go do that. And I think that if you're going to play with somebody that's going to have that ball that much, LeBron is a better, uh, is, a, is a sort of a better guy to play with in some senses because he's such a willing passer. Uh, he's such a, a, just that he makes the right play enough that if you're a good enough player, I think that that can only end up benefiting you. So, Mike, do you think there was any, hey, let me put this out there because LeBron and I, meaning Durant, are both going to com- be competing for guys who want to play with them next offseason, whether it's Jimmy Butler, Clay Thompson, Kawhi Leonard, and it's going to kind of be 
Kevin Durant versus LeBron to see who can put together the better super team in L.A. maybe, be it at the Clippers or the Lakers. I, I wouldn't go that far. All right. uh, I, 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 but I, I certainly get I get I get the speculation. I, that's kind of part of what makes the NBA fun and makes it uh, interesting to think about. But I, I, I just think that sometimes when these guys are asked questions, I don't have to take exactly what he said super literally, especially because you know Durant's been he just went on the Bill Simmons podcast and spoke for an hour and a half, you know, about all kinds of things, uh, basically except for free agency. And so I, I just um. I think that these, this thing could go in so many different directions. Um, I just think all the Lakers can kind of control is is what they have done, and that's Magic and Rob creating this max salary slot in case there is a player that they can slide into it. And if not, developing these young assets, you know, all of whom are playing pretty well. There's there are a couple things you could you could tweak about, uh, you know, specific guys that are, uh, like, for example, like Lonzo shooting, which I think will continue to get better, but it's been a struggle so far early this season, even if the defense has been really good. You know, those are the things that, that are, I think you concern yourself about continuing to develop so that you can either uh, just add somebody into that space or you can make a trade if need be. All right, Mike, I'll get you out of here with this. Two quick ones. Number one, if you could put a percentage chance on it, percentage chance Bradley Beal is traded to the Lakers in December, January, or February. Look, Jason, you, you seem to be more of an expert. Uh, oh, come on. I'm not giving you a percentage okay. chance uh, on something like that, but I here let me let me uh, let me answer that question like this if I can uh, if you'll if you'll allow it. When when you have a situation with a, a max salary slot that's just available, yeah. right, that somebody can walk into, um, uh, to me that decreases the chance of any type of a of a trade uh, in in giving up a bunch of assets until you know that somebody could walk into that space mm-hmm. without giving up something. And then you can use the assets, you know, for for example, for like a third player if you needed to in a trade. Uh, that that's not that's just my personal opinion. I have no clue what uh, what the Lakers front office wants to do. Uh, but for any, I, I I to me, it's just very enticing to to not have to give anything up Agreed. and to to bring somebody in. So, so that's that, that's where I would that's where I would keep my uh, my opinion. For the aggregators out there, we'll put that at zero percent. All right, Mike. Final <laughs> final question. <laughs> Um, outside of the Warriors, do you believe any team in the West the Lakers should be afraid of come postseason? Well, <laughs> I think that that's that I I would say afraid of no, and in, in the I guess the most simple answer to that is that you think about you know LeBron James being the difference maker yep. over almost any other, and I, I suppose that's what your question is getting at. But yep. there are a lot of good teams, uh, but I think that's a, you you ask the question in a good way. And I'm guessing that that's how they feel where, you know, hey, you know what? I, I get that this is still a developing roster and this is still a team that's learning how to play together. But uh, LeBron looks all of LeBron this year. You know, he, he's not lost a step. Um, he can still take over a game whenever he wants to. And guys are getting better around him. So I do, I do think that they probably can feel pretty good about where things are and about where things might be in a matchup. You know, uh, and, and look, LeBron clearly isn't scared of the Warriors himself. Uh, but nobody, none of us are going to sit here and say that they aren't the favorites to win again. Yeah, totally agree. All right, Mike Trudell, great stuff. I would actually say the Spurs have really given the Lakers problems this year, but they may not make the playoffs. Um, <laughs> all right, Mike, thank you very much, and I uh, hope to talk to you later in the season. All right, pleasure to talk to you, man. Have a good one. Yeah, Mike Trudell covers the Lakers. He's plugged in, folks. He really is. Up oh, uh, here we go. Breaking news just popped on social media. Phoenix 
is sending Trevor Ariza to the Wizards. The deal that was going to happen last night and was then off, it is now back on. Phoenix, the Suns, trading Trevor Ariza to the Wizards. No word yet on compensation, but we'll be back after this and hopefully have more information on the breaking news NBA trade for you. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. So it's official. Trevor Ariza has been traded. Wow. NBA never, ever misses an opportunity to make things fun, right? It, it, there's always some drama in this league. It is it is like a soap opera. It has that feel to it, right? Every day there's something. I mean, last week on this show we had breaking news where Joel Embiid was all of a sudden unhappy with the Sixers. Oh, my role sucks. This stinks. I hate it. Like, everybody's always complaining about something. Um, and officially, it's official. Trevor Ariza going to Washington in exchange for Austin Rivers and Kelly Oubre. Boy, how is that Phoenix locker room going to be right now? Okay, we know Austin Rivers is, I like his game, but he's a bit of an entitled punk, son of Doc Rivers. Had major friction in L.A. with Chris Paul. Now he goes to Phoenix, where he's going to be backcourt mates with Devin Booker, who's who's a really talented player, but... He recently got into it with DeAndre Ayton, their first-round pick. They got so much young talent in there, and Rivers coming in, it's a powder keg. I I don't know. And Kelly Oubre, it, it, he's a bit of a guy who is – he's a different dude. I'll just say that. I like his skill set. They got so much young talent in Phoenix, but that locker room is going to be a nightmare. Uh, remember, they traded away Wilson Chandler to the uh, – Wilson Chandler. Tyson Chandler to the Lakers – and now Trevor Ariza. So if you're over 30 and a veteran who could help somebody win, you're gone. So I we, we, we will see what develops in Phoenix. I don't think this really helps Washington much. I think they're looking to get out from Ariza even after this. Like, is he really going to help? They had Ariza a few years back. Um, a contender is going to want him for his 3 and D on the wing. I, I still maintain that he's not going to end up on the Lakers. I know, Gavin, I think we talked about this, right? Um, there was a rumor uh, that the Lakers were interested. I just don't see where he's going to play. They've got Ingram, Kuzma, and Josh Hart all on the wing. Who's going to take? Who's going to lose those minutes for Ariza? Like, are you pulling Josh Hart? He's probably your best defensive guard over Lonzo. He's a better three point shooter than Lonzo. Better than KCP. So I I, I just don't see how Ariza would have fit with um. With the Lakers. Now, I do want to, uh, we've only got a couple minutes here. Uh, we got less than a minute. What Mike Trudell said essentially was, there's not, it, the Bradley Beal for Ingram deal's not going to happen. Lakers want to make a run at somebody. We all know that's Anthony Davis, right? We know that's Anthony Davis. They're going to have competition for Anthony Davis. So what happens if Boston gets Anthony Davis? Lakers left out in the cold? I mean, come on. There's so much left on this. Next up, though, Kyler Murray. NFL over baseball. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Hour number three of the big lead here on Fox Sports Radio. I am your host, Jason McIntyre, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 
15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Been a busy show. Just had some breaking news in the last 15 minutes. That NBA deal consummated, as Isaac said. It's official. Officially official. Not a huge move. My guess is going to happen leading up here to the NBA trade deadline in February is we're going to see a lot of jockeying for teams to clear cap room so they can prepare themselves for this summer. Again, we just had Mike Trudell on that the Lakers can have room for one max player. So would that prevent them from trading for, say, a Bradley Beal when they can go after Anthony Davis? Of course, the big trade-off there, and we'll get to the NFL shortly here, is that you don't do this deal. Then you don't get Anthony Davis. Because the Celtics, and we had a guest on last week. Eric, what's his name? Eric Pincus? Yep. Yeah. He said that the Lakers can offer more than the Celtics. I don't know. I mean, if you're the Pelicans, do you want guys like Lonzo that you've seen? Kuzma, who maybe we've seen his ceiling? Ingram? Or do you want draft picks where you can get your own guy who's younger, who you can keep in your system longer? I don't know. It'll be interesting. Boston can, of course, offer the draft picks. So possibly they are more uh, interested in dealing for Anthony Davis. So then if you're the Lakers, you don't if you don't get Beal now, you just wait it out. Let's say you don't get Anthony Davis. You don't get Kevin Durant. Nick, who are you getting? You getting Jimmy Butler? I don't know. You getting Kawhi? I don't know. And then what? You're trotting out the same team. Not better than the Warriors. And LeBron turns 35 next year. It's a really difficult decision for the Lakers. I mean, we they could have a new head coach next year. A lot of stuff in play. You don't want to get irrational and make a move before you have to. It's it's fascinating. And the Lakers, of course, remain a very interesting situation don't in you, the NBA. Don't you think Beal would be a reach at this point, though? I mean, do you like, I mean, are you kind of teasing that you like them getting Beal? Well, as we've seen when LeBron is at his best, he's surrounded by shooters, right? Yeah. He's a good player, but I don't know. Giving giving up the, the assets that, you know, one asset maybe or a couple to get him. Well, can you contract. get away with giving, a, giving away an expiring in KCP and Brandon Ingram, who you're going to have to pay anyway in two years, for Bradley Beal, who is a proven postseason guy. He's, what, top five shooting guard in the league? Who you got? Clay? If you count Harden, is Harden a shooting guard or point? He's kind of a point. Yeah. I mean, Chris Paul is kind of a point. But, I mean, C.J. McCollum or Bradley Beal? Oof, that's a toss-up to me. I would lean Bradley Beal. Mm. I would say Clay is better than Bradley Beal. Right? Clay yeah. Thompson? Uh, I don't know that Jimmy Butler's technically a shooting guard. I, I think Bradley Beal is immensely talented. I think he's actually on a kind of a good contract. Uh, because he's you're not paying him max money. Um, I like Beal. I think if you 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 get Beal, you get Kuzma, you get Hart around LeBron, and then you go for a not a max guy, a Chris Middleton. And I, you don't love Middleton, but he was I think he was an All Star last year. He might be an All Star this year. He's shooting like forty percent on three. Adding Bradley Beal and Middleton is not going to beat the Warriors. Okay, timeout. Go for the big fish. Jason. Timeout. What if Kevin Durant leaves the Warriors? Is that beating the Warriors? 
Draymond, Clay, and Curry, who have now been through like four long postseasons. I'll tell you, mm, if Kevin Durant leaves know. the Warriors, they're susceptible. Golden State, uh, you know, I don't think DeMarcus Cousins is staying. I NBA, listen, you could do this with the NBA every friggin' weekend. Uh, it, it's fascinating, but I want to go quickly to college football. Um, we'll do some more NFL, but I, I have to talk about Kyler Murray for a moment and uh, the Oklahoma quarterback who shockingly won the Heisman last week. I was shocked. I mean, I thought... Uh, Tua had the better season. My vote would have gone to Tua. Um, it's weird how the Heisman Trophy, like in the hours leading up, there is some interest. And then they make the announcement, and it's like a Saturday night. It's like, oh, well, that's what happened. And then the NFL just takes over Sunday morning. And then I literally had nobody send me anything on social media, nobody in the streets or at birthday parties or even at FS1 say, wow, how about that Heisman win for Kyle? Like, it's just such a weird dynamic where it matters leading up to it, and then they announce it, and it's like, okay, whatever. So Kyler Murray has a baseball contract. It's lucrative. And he won the Heisman. There is some chatter that he could sneak in the first round of the NFL draft. I think it's more likely he goes in the second. But we're in a weird place in this country where 25 years ago, uh, about 25 years ago, Bo Jackson popped as that two-sport athlete. Um, I mean, he was dynamic as a running back. We know how good of a baseball player he was. Kyler Murray could probably do both sports, but football is so much more popular than it was 25 years ago. If you're in the NFL, you are a major big-time star in the entire country. And you're a marketing superstar. Tell me, how many baseball players have national TV commercials right now? How many baseball players make that Forbes list of the richest athletes? Because it's not just contract. Yeah, you could get a huge baseball contract. Are you big off the field? Are you super famous? I mean, I'm telling you, the Oakland A's will come to town. Their players could have the day off, walk around, and nobody in the city of L.A. Is like, oh, that guy plays for the A's. It just doesn't work like that. I'm not marginalizing baseball. It's still huge regionally. Regionally, baseball is massive. Cleveland Indians come to town. They want to go out. Nobody knows who the Cleveland Indians are. None of their guys have national television commercials. Never I mean, heard of them. you get an occasional star in Aaron Judge, right? You get an A-Rod in his prime. Like, there are a couple of big ones. But by and large, you're not a massive superstar in terms of do people know you or do you have a huge Instagram following? Like, And that stuff matters to some athletes. I know people will laugh and say, who cares about that stuff? You're getting paid. Dude, if you're in your prime, you don't just want money. You want all the trappings of fame. You want to be able to go in the club and they're opening the red velvet rope for you. Come on in, Mr. NFL quarterback. Come on in. You've got the best seat in the house. You know, they're rolling out the red carpet for these big-time NBA and NFL athletes. It's just not the same with baseball right now. It just isn't. I'm sorry, I know that it's not really quantifiable, but right now, if you're a football player in this country, you're royalty. Same kind of goes for basketball. And I'm not marginalizing baseball players as I get texts from listeners who are friends rolling in. Dude, you're killing baseball. I'm not killing baseball. 
That's the reality right now. Regionally, it's huge. You could have five guys come in here from the Milwaukee Brewers. I wouldn't know who they are. They made the postseason. Uh, quick, Gavin, who was the MVP of the American League this year? Mookie Betts. I only know that because I'm a diehard Angels fan, Die and I always know. And Mike Trout should have yeah, won. Right? If someone beats Mike Trout, so I know Mike Trout is. is is he universally considered the best baseball player in the sport? Without a doubt, yes. What's his recognizability factor? Is what's his Q rating like? Again, and I know who cares, who cares about that stuff, Jason. Who cares? Doesn't matter. Okay, to Mike Trout, it doesn't matter. To Kyler Murray, it matters. To some of these guys, do we know that? Well, I'm just saying. This is how I'm going to add this. Okay, so I know I happen to work with somebody who knows Kyler Murray, and and they're friends. And Kyler Murray wants to play football, folks. He does. He wants to give it a shot. Now, yes, all that stuff you're saying about the head injuries and the risk of injury in football—that's definitely with risk comes reward. You guys know this. The biggest risk I took in my life was quitting my job at a magazine to try to make a blog happen. And it worked. The upside was huge. I got lucky. The blog sold. It's helped propel me to TV at FS1 and radio here at Fox Sports Radio. It was a risk. Uh, It was a big risk. Kyler Murray's taking a risk. And I know, yes, Jason, come on. He's risking real life and limb here. You are a blogger. Who cares? Kyler Murray can make it as a quarterback in this league. We've seen Drew Brees, an undersized quarterback, succeed. He's not Drew Brees, I know. We've seen Baker Mayfield, undersized quarterback, be the number one pick. Kyler Murray isn't quite Baker Mayfield. Does Kyler play in a system? Well, there's a lot of NFL systems these days catering to quarterbacks who are coming out of the spread. Listen, I was a big doubter on Pat Mahomes saying, look at the history of Big 12 quarterbacks. Give me a break. No shot this guy's any good. What Big 12 quarterback has made it? The evidence, the history. Big 12 quarterbacks come out of the spread. They don't take snaps under center. They can't read a defense for a lick. I mean, as a Jets fan, Bryce Petty was a star at Baylor. Jets drafted him. You think, okay, we'll give this guy a shot. Bro, he came into training camp. Couldn't read a defense. Couldn't identify the middle linebacker. In practices, like coach is like, what? Wait a minute, we we got a project here. I don't think Bryce Petty's in the league now. He might be a practice squad quarterback somewhere. He might be in that new league that's starting up with Vince McMahon or whatever that other one is. The XFL, XFL, the one AAF. of those, one of those deals. I don't even know what they are, but like the league is changing rapidly. There's going to be an opportunity for Kyler Murray. Like this is going to sound crazy. Have you seen what Nagy has done with Trubisky? A lot of awesome NFL elements there. You get the right coach. And Kyler Murray is going to be the most popular backup quarterback in whatever town he's in. That's just a fact. And I think Murray... Now, if he goes in like the sixth round, all of a sudden, and he, he totally soils himself in the interview process, and you know whatever happens between now and the draft in, I guess, April... You know, maybe he falls precipitously. I guess that could happen. But right now, the reality is he's in play at the end of the first round, possibly second, maybe early third. Somewhere in that window. And we're going to bring on Daniel Jeremiah here, NFL draft guru, 
who also ca- ca- calls Chargers games. We'll uh, we'll ask him his thoughts on Kyler Murray because I'm telling you, if he goes early, he's definitely going to give the NFL a shot. And you know what? Baseball's always going to be there, Gavin. Baseball is going to be there. It's not going anywhere. Oh yeah, he could play that at 35 after he retires. Exactly. And, and I I am curious, Nick, is your thoughts on? And Gavin, you kind of chimed in as well. Like, you guys are young. Would you risk football if you were an early round draft choice, knowing that baseball is kind of a bird in hand? Would you risk trying to make football happen? Would I? I would rather try to go for football. Absolutely. You? Yeah. Yeah. And Gavin? Yeah. Same thing. I. I and that's why the disconnect with social media when you put something like that out there. All you're going to hear is, oh, he could get hurt and the money in baseball. Look at uh, moms, let your sons uh, grow up to be baseball players because that's where the real easy money is. No guaranteed contracts. They get all that. But the kids know the fame, the commercials, the social media love is mostly around baseball. I'll close out on this. And again, social media, who cares? Zion Williamson has probably a bigger online following than like 95% of baseball players. Do you know how big this guy is on Instagram for the young crowd? And I can already hear you, the 45-year-old guy in Cincinnati yelling at his radio, Jason, who cares about an Instagram account? Well, when you're 20 and 23 years old and you're out there trying to impress girls and you've grown up on social media... Us guys that are older don't totally, this doesn't totally resonate. Listen, if you're over 35 years old, you didn't have social media in college. You didn't have social media in high school. You didn't have a phone attached to your hip. You can't really relate to what it's like. I mean, Zion Williamson's been uh, known nationally on social media since like eighth grade. Do you guys understand what it's like as an eighth grader? To every time you go on social media, people are sliding in your DMs. Not only girls, but people willing to give you stuff. Because you can play basketball and dunk and catch touchdown passes. That's where we are. And I think I'm almost certain of it. If Kyler Murray goes before the fourth round, we'll see him in an NFL training camp. If you guys want to make a friendly wager here, I'll do it. Nick or Gavin, if you want to take the other side, I'll be willing to say 100 bucks. Kyler Murray, if he goes before the first round, first fourth round is in a training camp next year. Anyone, any takers? I'm not betting against that. Scott Boris might take you on that. <laughs> <laughs> the agent for Kyler Murray. All right, coming up next year on the big lead Fox Sports Radio, we got two Chargers guys in the studio. We got a Chargers color analyst coming up at 9:30. I'll propose a question now. Let it marinate. Anthony Lynn, good coach or kind of lucky? That's next. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Watching a little Tennessee, Memphis, college basketball. Oh, yeah. Um, and they're fun, showing a funny clip of uh, Penny Hardaway at Memphis torching Tennessee back in the day. Gosh, Penny Hardaway was a player. Nobody cares about college basketball until March. Sadly, and I love me some college hoops. Um, by the way, P.S., um, so I've been tinkering with some college basketball gambling. I put three picks on my Instagram stories last Saturday. 
they went 3-0. and Yes, the followers got some free money. And people joke about free money, but I'm not kidding. That was free money. I gave you three picks. They went 3-0. and um, Haven't really looked at the games today because I was heavy on the NFL. Speaking of NFL, Daniel Jeremiah, Chargers color analyst, coming up in five minutes, going to drop some science. We will ask him about Kyler Murray. So quickly, before I get to Anthony Lynn, and I see two Chargers fans here in the studio really worked up, and then a third one, Steve Hartman, just walked in. He's doing the show next. Um, he just drove up from San Diego, um, formerly the home of the Chargers. Funny, San Diego could house the Raiders next year, believe it or not, which is crazy, and I'm not even going to get into that because I feel like it's a waste of time. I just quickly want to add, college football bowl games start today. We did, like, nothing on the bowl games. Before the show, you know, I send producer Gavin my thoughts on, you know, kind of a rough outline for what I want. And I noticed there was zero college football. So I sat down with him and we start looking at today's bowl games. Folks, I this might be the weakest bowl opening weekend ever. I mean, listen to these games. North Carolina A&T versus Alcorn State. Utah State versus North Texas. Tulane, Louisiana. Fresno, Arizona is Arizona State is the only game I could watch more than one play. Georgia Southern, Eastern Michigan, and Middle Tennessee, App State. I don't know, guys. This bowl, I mean, like, I don't even know if I want to gamble on those games. <laughs> it's the only way to watch them. Yeah, and then Tuesday Boring. there's something called the Cherry Bundy Boca Raton Bowl, UAB Northern Illinois. That sounds like you just made that up. Uh, actually, I vomited that up last night. Um, and then there's the DXL Frisco Bowl on Wednesday. Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla. Like, this is just getting embarrassing for college football. Just move to the friggin' 18 playoff. Seriously. Why are people making this complicated? I heard uh, my guy Doug Gottlieb this week. Said, oh, you just cut championship weekend. What? Why would you cut championship weekend if you're cutting a week of college football? Like good games, meaningful games, big TV ratings. Are you kidding? Cut those pay-to-play garbage games in September when Directional University State travels to Alabama to collect a million dollars and lose 56-0. Cut that game. And then you get the jabronis. Well, Jason, come on. These departments need that money. Well, stop operating a college football, uh, college athletics department the way socialism works. Oh, well, if we don't get the football money, the program's done. Well, find a way to make your swim team money. Find a way for the track team to get money. Don't expect football to keep propping up everybody. Socialism doesn't work in the world, and it doesn't work in sports. College football, college athletics is rickety right now, folks. If not for the NCAA tournament and the billions of dollars they r- rake in and college football, college athletics is in serious trouble. So just stop with the socialism. All right, moving on. Sorry about that little rant. <laughs> um, Anthony Lynn, good or lucky? We got two Chargers guys in here. I'm going to tell you something that you're going to be surprised by. So the Chargers have played five tough games this year, five good opponents. In the season opener, Week one, at the end of the first quarter, at home, they're trailing the Chiefs 14-6. Week three, against the Rams on the road, 
I was at that game. They're trailing the Rams 14-6 after one. Week nine in Seattle. They're trailing Seattle at the end of the first quarter, 7-6. Are you sensing a theme? Week 13 in Pittsburgh. After a quarter, down 13-7. And Thursday, KC. End of the first quarter, down 14-0. Five biggest games. Team shows up unprepared. Trailing at the end of the first quarter in all five. Now, I, I, I'll let you guys speak your piece in a second. To me, that's a sign of an unprepared team. Now, I know, I see Gavin shaking his head. He's fired up. He's chomping at the bit. I, I, I'll cut you off here. Yes, they have rallied to win three of those games. So the counter could be, well, Anthony Lynn is great at adjustments. He's making great adjustments. Is he? Is he making great adjustments? Now, I, I, I'd like to see some proof of that. And you'll say, well, Jason, what proof do you have they're unprepared? Well, they're trailing at the end of the first quarter in their five good opponent games. They come out flat in all five of those games. So is Anthony Lynn making adjustments or is Phillip Rivers carrying this team to greatness? So, Gavin and Nick, I won't even counter what you say. We got Daniel Jeremiah coming up in a couple minutes. Gavin, I'll let you go first. Okay, this Anthony is a- Lynn, great coach. Okay, we don't know. Uh, go ahead. Let me say this. He's been with the team... Almost two years now, I didn't know what to really think of him for a long time. Didn't know his history or anything. I'm going to give you a stat right here. Mm. We started 0-4 last season. I say we because obviously I play for the Chargers as well. <laughs> Since the 0-4 start in 2017, <laughs> they've gotten 20-6. I don't care how the team starts the game. They're ending it the right way. That two-point conversion was the most aggressive call I've seen from a Chargers coach in, in like 15 years, like I, Marty Schottenheimer never would have done that. So <laughs> that won me over as a fan, and I think he has done something to the locker room and the team believes in him. Nick, it's your turn. Yes, Jason, uh, he's a good coach. I'm not going to say great coach yet, but if it was, think about this really quick. They came to L.A. first, a whole new change, first, you know, first year head coach in a new setting, Move the team. They should have made the playoffs if it wasn't for their field goal kickers. And now this year, they're dominating. Yes, I think it has a lot to do with Rivers also as well. But as a Charger fan, Anthony Lynn has done wonders. Love the guy. And by the way, so real quick too. So you're saying you're saying it's more how you start than how you finish? Is that No, I didn't say that's more important. Okay. Obviously, finishing matters. I just don't know how much Anthony Lynn is factoring into those finishes. Yes, on the aggressiveness, no doubt. Um... I will say, I, I got I to counter because I got to get in the last word here. Uh, Gavin made a great point. Since that 0-4 start, there's something like 20-6. and 6. If you look talent-wise, I think the Chargers might have a top five talented roster in the league. I mean, Derwin James, did you see that tackle on like third and one or third and two? How many of those safeties tackled Travis Kelsey there? Rookie of the year, defensive. I mean, Derwin James is awesome. He is incredible. Um, and that roster, they don't even have Hunter Henry. Ha ha ha, Stephen A. Smith. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, this team is loaded at talent. Uh, Eckler's a good backup. Gordon is awesome. Keenan Allen is a top eight receiver. They're just loaded. But is it Anthony Lynn? Or is it everybody else? I don't know. There's really no answer coming up next year on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, we're hoping to get Daniel Jeremiah, Chargers color analyst, on the show. Uh, but first, 
Let's go to Isaac Lowenkron for the latest in sports. Jason, we begin at Allen Fieldhouse, where the top-ranked Kansas Jayhawks have just knocked out a three-pointer to take a 19-13 lead over 17th-ranked Villanova at the 8:22 mark of the first half. And Villanova, which has started the game four out of 13 from the field, has just called a timeout. In the NBA, Adrian Wojnarowski reports that Phoenix has agreed to trade Trevor Ariza to the Washington Wizards in exchange for Austin Rivers and Kelly Oubre. Last night, Wojnarowski reported that an original three-team deal that would have also involved the Grizzlies was called off because the Suns believed they were getting Dylan Brooks when the Grizzlies were actually going to send them Marshawn Brooks. No word yet if Albert Brooks or Mel Brooks were also part of the trade conversations. And finally, in the National Football League this morning, the Philadelphia Eagles officially ruled out Carson Wentz for Sunday night's game against the Los Angeles Rams. Jason, back to you. Thank you, Isaac. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, I am coming to you live from the Geico. Fox Sports Radio Studios, it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. Um, listen, Daniel Jeremiah, our next guest, is as plugged in as anybody. Go He's now Chargers. calling Chargers games. I've known him for a while. Really good guy. Sharp on the NFL draft. A pretty good dresser. He's just all around good dude, Daniel Jeremiah. Welcome in. How are you? I'm doing good, bro. But I would take one. Uh, I would take one exception there. My wife might disagree on being a really good. Well, I hear you're a good basketball player, but you've given up due to an Achilles injury suffered a couple of years ago. But hey, we don't have time for that. We got so much Chargers stuff to get into. Um, I gotta say, uh, this Chargers team that comeback was incredible. I don't, you know, where that game would rank on the season. Uh, but down 28-14 with five minutes left to win on the road against Pat Mahomes. You, you're you a Chargers color analyst this season. Daniel, can this Chargers team win the Super Bowl? Be honest. Well, I think so. I mean, I look, I think there's probably, what do you say, probably six teams that are uh, that are legitimate Super Bowl contenders, and I think the Chargers are right there. I mean, you've got, uh, when you're tied for the best record in the conference, you're, uh, you're definitely a Super Bowl contender, and this team is... You know, are they the best team? I don't know. I think they might be the most balanced team, though. When you look at the way the roster is distributed, and, uh, they can win a variety of ways. I mean, if you're in a low-scoring game, they've got a defensive front that can that can win you a low-scoring game and keep the score down. If you want to get in a shootout with, with Rivers and all of his weapons when healthy, they can get I mean, when you go, when you go, when you look at it, now a chance you know, late in the year to look back and you look and say, okay, you went into Seattle and beat them without Joey Bosa. You went into Pittsburgh, beat them without Melvin Gordon. You went into Kansas City, beat them without Melvin Gordon. And basically, Keenan Allen for the entire game, uh, you're legit. Daniel, would you say that the Chargers have a top-five roster of talent when you're looking at some of the guys who have missed games? Yeah. Keenan Allen who was hurt Thursday, Melvin Gordon, uh, Bosa. How, just how much talent is on this roster? I think you can definitely say that. I, I think Tom Telesco has done a wonderful job. And, and when you look at, at that game the other night and you see Detres Newsom from Western Carolina as an undrafted rookie uh, come out there and do what he did in the limited touches, and Justin Jackson, not only are they hitting on the first-rounders, I mean, when you look at the first-rounders that they've had over the last handful of years, and you see guys like Melvin Gordon, Joey Bosa, Derwin James, Mike Williams, who's done better than that? Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, that those are big-time impact players, and now they have the impact guys, they've got depth uh, throughout the roster. So, uh, yeah, I, I think they are. I, I just feel like, you know, I know Tom Telesco pretty well from, from doing this for a year now, and he does not toot his own horn, and his name does not get mentioned. Uh, but I think this Chargers team uh, deserves a lot of credit for it. It's interesting you mention him. Uh, we're talking with Daniel Jeremiah, Chargers color analyst, at Move the Sticks on Twitter. He, he's a New York guy, Tom Telesco. Uh, you know, my New York Jets could use a general manager. Any chance <laughs> my Jets steal him or one yeah, of his underlings? Because you you're right about that. They have absolutely nailed the NFL draft like the last five years. Yeah, they've, they've absolutely crushed it. And unfortunately for Jets fans, he's uh, as a general manager, they can't really upgrade the title there. So he's Dang. going anywhere. Yeah. Time, but uh, conversation for another day. I was I would love to get your take on this. Let me flip it next. I was talking with somebody in the league, and they said not only are there going to be a number of, of openings this year, a number of attractive And I feel like everybody's mentioned the Packers and the Browns. I actually think the Jets is an attractive job. When you look at having a young quarterback and having a handful of, of impact players on defense you can build around, you know, the shopping for that job is not the, not the toughest. You've got to go find some offensive linemen and some weapons. You know, when you've got some key players on defense, yeah, no, that's a great question. I would actually say the Jets' job is better than the Packers because if you're taking on Aaron Rodgers, he's a 35-year-old quarterback, pretty set in his ways. You know, I, I you got Who's Sam Darnold, somebody you can hold. Huh? Who's going to eat up a chunk of your cap? Yeah. Too. I mean, I know they had six guys on the IR on defense this year, so their defense is probably a little undervalued. But I, I actually think the Browns is a better option than the Jets. They've got more talent. Nick Chubb, Landry, oh, yeah. the good young tight end. But uh, so, yeah, That's Jets the best are... job. The Browns, is, the Browns is the best job. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get that twisted. Yeah. I just think normally when you're looking at taking a job, if you're to talk to these guys and they're like, man, but man, they've got no quarterback, and by the time I find one, I might be fired. I mean, if you've got a 21-year-old quarterback and Sam Darnold, that's a good place to start. Uh, all right, we're talking with Daniel Jeremiah, uh, Chargers color analyst. All right, let me get your quick quick thoughts. Your MVP vote today. Give me your top three votes for the MVP. Yeah, for me, the MVP would be it'd still be probably Mahomes at one. I'd have Philip Rivers. Uh, I, I think he belongs way up there. I'd have him at number two, and I probably would have Drew. Uh, probably have Drew Brees at number three. Interesting. Okay, I, I you know I think Rivers has a legitimate shot. Uh, Russell Wilson, are we discounting him? He's sneakily having one of the best years of his career. Quarterback rating, fewest interceptions, and he's not doing it on the ground, and he's not getting carried by his defense. No, but I tell you what they what they've done is the way they're running the football, and you know I haven't watched them play in person. George Fant out there, you know, but gosh, a guy who's fifty percent of the snaps are playing with six offensive linemen. They're just trying to bludgeon people uh, with their run game, shorten the game, and and Russell just has to find a way to make a couple plays. Um, but I just think in terms of you know what's put on their plate, um, you know, what's put on Philip Rivers' plate. If you want to look at it that way, uh, he's got more on his plate than anybody else. Yeah, no doubt. We're talking with Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network. All right, Daniel, let me pivot to Kyler Murray, the Oklahoma yep. quarterback. Uh, I know you love the draft. I'm sure, you know, with all your Chargers duties, you haven't been able to dig in as much. Although, on Instagram, I love when you pop some of those uh, video uh, highlights from the All-22. Let me ask you this, though. Kyler Murray, I firmly believe he's going in the first three rounds. I think we'll see him in an NFL training camp next year. Your thoughts? 
Well, I think there's yeah, there's kind of two different questions there, and, and I have I've done uh, you know I'd say a handful of the top quarterback prospects. I haven't done him yet. I've seen plenty of them. Um, you know, look, looking at him on TV, it's not to the same depth of study. Um, but yeah, it, the question is, would he go in the first three rounds? I think that's probably safe. Somebody would take a flyer. Um, but then it's a matter of uh, you know, will, will he stick with will he stick with baseball? Will he try to do both? And that's a different question for him. I think to me, it, it kind of feels like okay, you'll go, you know, make a run at the baseball thing, and the first sign of any adversity or any hiccups, I would imagine that's when you'd see him uh, explore the, the football option, and some teams going to want to want to grab those rights. So, you know, you're a team and you've got some extra picks, and you've got you know a couple of twos, or you trade back and you've got an extra third round pick. I think it's a pretty good investment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What? Since you said you have looked at the quarterbacks. Are you still of the belief that uh, Herbert is the best guy, the kid from Oregon, who looked great early in the season, but, yeah, man, he fell off late in the year? Yeah. I don't think it's a great group. You know, if, Interesting. if you ask me who I thought had the highest floor of the guys I've looked at, and now you know, we still need to wait to see who comes out, I actually think the kid at Duke, Daniel Jones, might have the really? highest floor. I know exactly. I feel like I know exactly what I'm getting with him. Um, you know, now in, in, a, in a normal year, you're maybe talking about him as a late one, but we know how these guys get, um, you know, you guys get built up. So, um, he, he's one that's interesting. The three that I think are going to be, the three that are talked about, depending on who comes out, would be Herbert, uh, Daniel Jones, and we'll see also at Ohio State. So, th- those are the big three right now. And I, now, my other thing is the last couple years, we've seen teams trade up into the top five to get a quarterback, even in the top 10. I mean, when you look at yeah. Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. Do you see that unfolding again? You said it's not a great group. I, I feel like every year we start with, what a batch of quarterbacks, and then by the end of the season, yeah. everybody's nitpicking, ah, I don't love any of these guys. But, yeah. again, quarterback is a lot of quarterback needy teams in the league. Uh, do you see people trading up into the top five uh, for a quarterback? I, I don't right now, huh. you know, but that can change. But that can change. You know, we'll see as we get a little bit closer. Let's get to it. Like not only what quarterbacks, but what other position players enter the draft. I'd be anxious though for an exercise, dude. You, you ought to go through and look at it of teams that have what they believe is their quarterback. Because when I look at it, I don't, I don't see quite as many teams that are going to be in the market as, as you would think. You know, there's that there's that group of the 2004 quarterbacks that need to find the next one. The next, you know, yep. but, but they've got a guy they can play with for the next couple of years. Um, you know, in terms of teams. I hate the phrase, it's not It's not politically correct, but kind of having a gun to their head, like, we have got to take the quarterback. Um, I don't think there's that many of them that can't line up and play with somebody next year. Right, so what, is it basically what, Jacksonville, let's see what happens with Carr in Oakland. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Does Denver not have? not that many. It's does really Denver have its guy? Look at it. No, I don't think, Den- I think Denver's very much in the market, for sure. Right? They're one of those teams that, that need to make a move. Uh, but, I mean, like, you know, Eli's played a little bit better. I think early in the year we would all say for sure right. 100% they're taking a quarterback. But now I can say if they don't love a guy, they say, oh, maybe they can just get through Eli for another year. Um, you know, there's a lot of situations like that one. Tampa, uh, Jameis, or uh, well, are you hearing anything a, about that's that? That's another one. That's another one. Jameis is playing a little bit better. I'm giving you at least a second thought there. You know, yeah. maybe we can get a new coach in here. We can make it work because the ability is there. He has got the ability. This thing has been, you know, decision-making more than anything else on and off the field. All right. But, you know, you can talk yourself into that. Hey, Daniel Jeremiah, busy man. Uh, you know, thank you for taking the time this morning to join the show, and uh, we'll look for your uh, coverage. Hey, Chargers, big game next week uh, oh, against yeah. the Ravens. That's a huge one. I, I sadly already gave out the Ravens and the points. 
not even knowing who's going to be the quarterback. Uh, let's, hey, Daniel, you got to admit that Kansas City defense. I mean, come on, it's they're not good. Worse. Well, the whole question, the whole question is, can you block? If you can block them, you can, you can beat them up on the back end. Or there was portions of that game where they could block them, and then when they could block them, Philip Rivers. Yeah, good stuff. All right, Daniel, thank you very much, Daniel Jeremiah, Thanks, ladies and gentlemen. Really good stuff. Listen, um, he's as sharp as they get in the NFL. Uh, Nick, you looked a little disappointed that he said Rivers was only second in on his ballot. I was a little bit, to be honest with you. I thought he'd be a little biased with me, but yeah, you know, it's all right. Hey, listen, I think he has. To, he also has to kind of be biased. If he comes out Rivers MVP, well, he's a homer, right? He can't win. Uh, let me add this: uh, Pat Mahomes has to face the Seahawks next week, I believe, on the road. So. He don't have this locked up. I don't think Daniel didn't say that. And anybody who said Pat Mahomes is the MVP, just be patient. All right, coming up next, we will wrap up the show back after this. Back here on the big lead, Fox Sports Radio. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes. You could save 15% or more on car insurance. Man, these shows go so quick. Three hours is nothing. Nothing. Up next, Steve Hartman and an NFL player. I won't name him. You could just, uh, you'll have to tune in to find out who he is. Former NFL player. I'll give you a hint. He played on my favorite team. Now, you guys, longtime listeners of this show, know I'm a huge Jets fan. Um, so there you go. And Jason, he had a big play against the Chargers. Hey, 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 don't, uh, Nick, you don't want to give it away. I mean, Come on, a, a, mini, a mini, mini spoiler. Yes. Uh, is that's the game. Who was the, um, shucks. Who was the cornerback in that game on the, uh, on the Chargers who didn't want to make the tackle? Oh, yeah. You, the guy with nine kids. Come on. Um, uh, Antonio Cromartie. There you go. Dude, yes. the video is epic. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember this. So the Jets were running the clock down. I believe it was Sean Green into the line. And Antonio um, Cromarty. Cromarty rolls, goes up, and is like, ah, nah, I don't want to make that tackle. And oh, uh, Sean I remember. Green and then the off. next year he was on the Jets. Yeah, the sure. next yeah. year he was on the Jets. Listen, Cromarty could cover. He ain't want to tackle. You know, he just wanted no part of tackling anybody. At any rate, Steve Hartman is next. Um he he's a San Diego guy, so I have a feeling there'll be some Chargers banter uh, during that show. And again, that chat we just had with Jan- Daniel Jeremiah, who is a Chargers color analyst, is excellent. You you guys are going to need to find that podcast. Should be up in you know within thirty minutes. And and his his thoughts on Kyler Murray were interesting. I, I I'm firmly of the belief that Kyler Murray will be in an NFL camp next year. I just offered these guys in the studio a hundred bucks. They would not take it. Uh, that Murray will be in a camp if he goes before the fourth round in the draft. Um, what else? Is there anything else we didn't get to on the show today? I got a big sheet of notes, you know, because I'm on a website because I go on FS1 all the time and because I uh, am basically following sports all week. I have like a running list of stuff uh, that I want to get to. Really quickly, 18 playoff. Thoughts on that? God, there's got to be an 18 playoff. I mean, you, you start it this week. You play this week. It, when you really look at it, an 18 playoff is adding, I believe, two more games to a couple teams. That's it. So the majority of college football doesn't play. Uh, you know what? We'll probably get into that more in the next two weeks as I rant about how bad these exhibition bowl games are. 
Uh, I had Harold Baines as a note. Do we care about Harold Baines? Yeah, uh, I don't think he got right. in the Baseball Hall of Fame, and there was like outrage. And, 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 you know, it, I just can't get with the Baseball Hall of Fame these days. Like, it's just a tough sell. Uh, I have Carson Wentz's injury history. Yeah, nobody wants to talk about that. Oh, the Chicago Bulls <laughs> mutiny. You know, Chicago listen. Uh, by the way, you guys are smart enough. Hopefully, that you've been listening to this show, you can see through total garbage. Like when the Chicago Bulls say, oh, we're fielding offers for Jabari Parker. Dude, nobody wanted him when he was a free agent. Nobody. The Bulls gave him like a hometown deal, sweetheart deal. And then he tries to tell the coach he doesn't want to practice and leads a mutiny. Jabari Parker's so good at Duke. Dude, get it together. All right, that's the show. It's been phenomenal. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Nick, Gavin, Sam, Isaac. Look for the podcast. I'm out. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.